for an hour and a half i i was like i was zonked out it was a lot of it was a lot of stress for me a lot of stress robin i um, a lot of responsibility there yeah i mean i'm I'm not joking it it felt like a lot of responsibility (laughs) i wanted a love match and i was very pleased with the outcome i do want to say uh in in the post-game analysis if you will i want to say uh i thought john blitt did a great job uh our john blitt It was uh, it was good. It was an emotional roller coaster. Uh, everybody had their favorites, and uh, I thought um, um, uh, 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 the guy who won number two, Clark. Um, Clark, thank you. Clark was a good choice for Drew, and uh, I don't know. I think he might be going on her show now. And uh, there was some discussion. Drew called and said, "Do you think?" Uh, I could have Drew on my show. I said, listen, he's your boyfriend. You do whatever you want. That's great. I think <laughs> it's terrific. You don't call you for permission, right? No. I said, now, you're, now you two kids are on your own. You go do your thing. And uh, hope for love. That's it. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad there was some follow-up. Oh, yeah. It was a crazy day. I uh, <clears throat> I called Drew Barrymore afterwards to thank her. And while I was talking with her, Pete Buttigieg, the the politician and now secretary of, of transportation. transportation, got into Drew's car and I got an opportunity. You know this, Robin, that I'm a big fan of his. So I had an opportunity yes. to say, first of all, I said to him, I think you're terrific. You're an intellectual. But here's what I want to thank you for. There's so few uh, people now. Willing to serve our country as politicians because it is such a harrowing experience. You know, even if somebody is in charge of um, uh, the voting uh, booths and stuff, they get uh, harassed and threatened. I said, so as uh, someone of your intellectual capacity and someone who's passionate about the country, the fact that you're willing to serve, I, I want to thank you for your service. And he was uh, he was very um, he just said, oh, thank you. I, you know, he was he was very humble. But I did get a chance, in a weird way, while I was talking to Drew, to talk to Pete Buttigieg, which I had never done before. So uh, I was, um, I don't know, I felt like I was a mogul or something. I was hobnobbing through phone calls. You would have been <laughs> proud of me. And, I am uh, proud of you. Yeah. But uh, the Drew Barrymore dating game, I'm considering a success. There have been failures and successes and romance but i believe there's a kindling if you know what fire when you start well, a fire I you think, need kindling yes but i i don't want you to just get so mm. obsessed and uh, attached to this mm. that you're you know calling her every day going did you talk to him today <laughs> no 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 i'm out of it now all right. Um, here, uh, you could hear, I'll read you some of the fans what they wrote in. You could hear okay. in Drew's voice how emotional and nervous she was for this segment. Yes. Yes. I mean, she I was, was shocked at how nervous she was. Yeah. Well, love is a funny thing, Robin. You know, I remember back when you were on the radio 
and I believe uh, Clarence from the E Street Band, <laughs> rest in peace, Clarence, uh, Clarence was uh, <laughs> he was quite. Let's say he was quite taken with your charms, yeah. and uh, he was coming on pretty strong. And I remember the giggling and the the coy Robin quivers. Too, right? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> They were so nervous. I think you ran out of the room. I had to drag I was you back trying in. trying to get out, yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Howard, you were a great friend for setting up the dating game, and it sounded like in the end she had a blast. I hope her and Clark end up going out for that coffee. Well, we'll see. Can I this correct was that person's ja- uh, grammar? I hope uh, she... D- d- no, don't... Uh, cor- we <laughs> don't correct Clark. anything. We don't want our audience <laughs> to feel dumb. We're trying to present our audience as the smart audience. This was the best dating game in the history of the Stern Show. Drew is a slow burn, and friendship first is absolutely okay. I loved her dating philosophy and thought she asked very insightful questions. Yes, I spoke to Drew, and she was still carrying on about... She's very taken with the idea that Beth and I really put so much energy into setting her up with someone, and she feels in some way she wants to pay this back. And she's going to set all of her friends up who are single and make sure they have someone to love. Now, she's yeah, very well, she high on it. She called it paying it forward. I remember her saying that yesterday. And connecting all of the dots. She said that to me a lot, connecting all yeah. of the dots. So she's out there doing that. That's fine. Howard, my favorite part of the segment was hearing Drew crack up at the guys performing their songs. Blitz song about St. Bart's has been stuck in my head all day. Very good song. (laughs) A trip to St. Bart's. Three days on the beach. Get your passport ready. Cause our our pilot's name is Freddy. We'll have separate rooms. Look at this guy. (laughs) Cause I'm not a goon. Three days in the sand. Don't worry, I'm your man. Wow. Je parle français. Wow. <laughs> so you'll be okay. You'll have a great time. Maybe expand your mind. Three Jesus. days in St. Bart's. Three days in St. Bart's. Nice. Three days in St. Bart's. It wow. reminds me of... Uh, <clears throat> He reminds me of uh, Jose Feliciano. Yes, prime, yes, that, you know, that uh, finger-picking that he does. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, I thought, oh, goodness, he's actually showing up in a good way. When he came yeah. out with that song, I thought, uh-oh, Blit is competition. Beth says to me last night, Beth seems to think uh, Blit is like... You know, the, 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 a hot guy because, uh, I never looked at him that way, but she says to me last night, you have to tell Jonathan Blit how good he was on the dating game. I said, I will, I will take it easy. And she goes, and when Drew saw him, her head was, I saw her eyes roll. I said, you know what, honey? I got to call you out. I didn't see Drew do any of that. I saw you do that. I think you got to think for, uh, Blit. He better not end up, after I die, he better not end up marrying Beth. I'll be really No, he'll pissed. blow it. If he even gets oh. a chance, he'll blow it. Because that's what he did. He got goofier as the <laughs> dating game went on. Hey, you know, Blit, I thought you had a shot with Drew Barrymore, <laughs> but I'll tell you where you blew it. When you went into that Michael Jackson impression, dude, you, you, you had her, I think, for a while. Um, by the way, your yeah. song was so good that yeah. I... 
even I thought like maybe you had some like someone tipped you off that we were going to have you sing a song. But the guys are telling me I didn't know this about you. Mm -hmm. You can make up songs on the spot like that. You do it all the time. Yeah, I like doing that. It's a, it's a You're good. Thank You're you. You're talented. Thank you. Yeah, and Three days in Saint Bart. Saint Bart's. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I thought you. I thought you had her with that. I was like, uh oh, he just leaped to the front of the line. I call. That's what happens the... when you talk about children. It brings out my my inner Michael Jackson. So no mom wants a guy around who thinks Michael Jackson is funny. You know what I Why mean? Not? And, <laughs> did you throw, I mean, like? Did, did you decide to like give up on the date and just try to be funny? I just. It just happened. It just kind of. I didn't really... <laughs> that was spontaneous. You didn't. Was... You didn't say now it's time to you know well, throw in the humor. I like did you didn't go. I'm going to close the deal now and do my Michael <laughs> yeah. Jackson impression. This is it. This is how I seal the deal with Drew. What is your Michael Jackson thing? What were you saying? I don't even remember. I, I was, was saying, a little. I I love I, I love the children. I don't want my own personal children, but I take care of your children. But my favorite was like when you're like, yeah, yeah, we get it, John, Michael Jackson. But I've been wanting to do that on the show for a long time. So it's been inside of me. So it was a nice <laughs> cathartic release. So thank you. I, I felt like it. I felt like you crowbarred it in at the end and kind of maybe well, blew your shot. In with, especially when Drew was asking about their desire to have children. He yeah. he pulls out his Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> know, like do you want to date a guy who you mentioned children? Then he goes, ha. Ah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Let me play with your children. We do piggyback rides. We go swimming. I put the bathing suits on, but I close my eyes when they change. It was a bit of a short circuit, but it was a, it yeah, was a good I, short circuit. I, I was not... I, I, Bliss should not have done the Michael Jackson impression uh, for, for the date, but there's a bit that he's... that i've helped him with a little bit but uh of him doing michael jackson uh you know uh, michael jackson uh uh faked his death um yeah. and then he went to a farm and now he wants to come back and be a master impressionist i was a man's man for five years milking cows working on the fields with the chickens but then i got bored so i call you out i want to be part of your ensemble team of performers I do impressions. Blit. What? Oh, so yeah. how does J JD always ends up in your bits? You love putting him into bits. I remember I, I when you were JD doing up. Yeah. yeah. What, so what, what is, how did Michael Jackson, can you guys demonstrate the bit you're working on? Well, we, well, we were in the office and he was like working. He was, uh, you know, test driving or where the hell you call it, uh, uh, doing this workshopping, workshop. workshopping. And he would go through these impressions, and then I would say, you know, uh, I give he'd do Marlon Brando or whatever from The Godfather, and I should say, you know, go ahead, do your Marlon Brando from The Godfather. My Marlon Brando from The Godfather's, you, I, I thought I was out, but they pull me back in. I'm Marlon Brando from The Godfather, and then I do. But wait a second. What the one does JD do? I don't understand how he's involved. Well, I help. I I say you know I suggested you know because he said the wrong line. That's Al Pacino's line from The Godfather. Right. So right. I thought it would be funny if he went back and forth with saying the like I think you did uh, Rocky or something. Or yeah, I'm Rocky. <laughs> Angela, Angela. I don't want to work in this house no more. Hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> so and so the part of the impression is Michael Jackson gets the name Adrian wrong and he He messes up he, the impression, yeah. yeah I'm not I Tony see. Danza. I'm the boss. No, you're the boss. 
And then you just laugh and annoy people. Yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) I think it. I remember when uh, there was a time where, well, I won't even get into it, where JD was part of your other bit, Pacino Romano. Um, Oh, I don't remember this one. This maniac blit was running around with Steve Nowicki back in our office. They were, again, workshopping Pacino Romano. It was a talk show where Al Pacino and Ray Romano worked together. Uh-huh. So they just go around harassing everybody in the office, being Pacino Romano. Then they finally got a hold of JD and cut a bit. I never played it on the air because I didn't think it worked. <laughs> this is one of those things I never played on the air, but it, it is kind of funny the way they use JD. Here's Al Pacino and Ray Romano in the pilot episode of the Pacino Romano show. But just right. listen to JD's discomfort, you know. Welcome to the Pacino Romano Show. I'm Al Pacino. And I'm Ray Romano. And here's our guest, Johnny Travolta. How you doing, Johnny? Hello, guys. How are you? How you doing? I'm doing okay. So, uh, what are you, you working on anything? You got anything, uh... You know, just flying around on my plane. Oh. That's about it. Oh, it's so hot in here. Pretty hot. Yeah, it, it, Let's it, all it. take our shirts off. Great idea, Romano. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. Shuts off. Hoo-ah. you no, I'm good. I'm good. Take off that shirt. No, I'm fine. I'm not taking off my shirt. It's sweltering hot in here. No, no, no. That's okay. That's you wanna, okay. Uh, we do the human fans. We blow on each other for, for cool. I bet, I bet you do. You want to hear? I'm going to get hey. blown on. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay, that's enough. Goodbye. Hang Goodbye. on, the show's not over. Do Don't let him leave. Don't, Don't let him leave. leave. Yeah, do you have this? Do you, are we done? All right. The next segment's called Soap the Host. Hoo-ah. We have this cup of soap. No. And Travolta's going to rub it on our shirtless bodies. Put the soap down. Just put your fingers in it. What the fuck is that? No, get out of here. Hoo-ah. Are we just fucking with JD or just going somewhere? We're not wasting our time here. Oh. This could be something produced at the end of this. The Pacino Romano show. All right, guys. Yeah, uh, uh, JD. They really, they really, <laughs> I go into this room. They start taking their shirts off. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? I think they locked the door behind me. Yeah, we did. I was like, you, you know, know what it is, JD? What's so on. great is you start out as playing along as John Travolta, and then within three seconds you're JD, and you're like, I'm not touching you guys. Give me the fuck out of here. Exactly. Well, that's what, that's what happens. My shirt off. That's what happens. Like I, I'll try to play, play along with things if if I can, but then you know they start taking their shirts off and they want me to take my shirt off they start when they want me to put soap on fucking blit i'm not doing that i don't want to do that you gotta commit yeah i'm not committing i'm not committing how do you keep walking into these things jd (laughs) well you know know. what it is the whole point is to goof on you i get listen so you know what it's like i'm for some reason i'm optimistic (laughs) that one time i'm like i'm not the joke or something I'm no, it's like what happened. Poor JD went on a plane with Blit. And the next thing you know, Blit stands up in front of the entire plane, convinces the stewardess to allow him to man the microphone and propose to JD and ask him to marry him. And before you know it, JD's saying yes because he wants Blit to stop. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys were harassing him in the halls like crazy. It was uh, li- this was this was before they recorded. Wow, wow, you ready for the show today? 
What the fuck is this? It's the Pacino Romano Show. Hua, I'm Al Pacino. I'm Ray Romano. And you're our guest, John Travolta. Hua. Hua. Son of a woman. The office is so quiet right now. <laughs> this is what you guys are doing. We just want to make sure you're practicing your character. Uh, and I was just having a John Travolta impression. <laughs> Be Johnny Travolta. Uh, <laughs> you got to project when you talk. Oh, my God. Hua. Hua. Go away. Can you confirm 1 p.m. you'll be in there? Turn that fucking thing off. I honestly don't know what is going on. I heard them yelling at you. What else am I going to do, Jason? I did. I did. They just stand there. This is work. This is the best. It's at 6 in the morning. It was like first thing in the morning. You know that uh, JD talked normally before he met John Blit. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you guys so are pretty funny together, you and uh, JD. No, we but... had fun on the beach when we went to L.A. for summer school. <laughs> I hope you have something coming to you in the next couple of days because we had a blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't Beautiful wait. walk on the beach. It was oh, so magical. Beautiful. Yeah. Got JD, what happened? What was that? Uh, this guy, I don't know. If, I don't know how much you want. Uh, you want to give away or whatever, but Blit you can give away the do, whole thing for. He wanted me to do a walk on the beach to, because uh, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a beachgoer. I'm not a fan of water. Uh, I don't swim, so he wanted me to make peace with the water, and then it turned into, uh, then it turned into talking to people. Random strangers on the beach about how my daughter drowned in the water and I had to forgive myself. Uh, I had a woman praying for me for like 15 minutes. I was getting preached to over something that didn't happen. And I was like, I, I snapped at him. I go, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't want to do any more of this. This is all this guy. He got raped. But you know what's great? Two guys in the bathroom. But, but, but wait, 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 wait. I want to go backtrack. But, but when you say I don't want to do any more of this, it doesn't matter, right? He just keeps doing he it. keeps no going. yeah we're like i have nowhere to go we because like I, we drove someone else drove us and they're like walking us through, you know i it, yeah it happened you can't I, escape. I, I had nowhere to go uh blip what were you saying oh then there was one guy jd was wearing a macho man shirt and uh the guy was like hey great shirt and they start talking about macho man randy savage and the guy was like is that what you guys are here for? I'm like, no, actually, five years ago, JD was raped by two guys in the bathroom. And he was, the guy was like, oh, yeah, that ha that happens. He's like, yeah, I saw dead people here. And JD's like, this is bullshit. But everyone just believes in me. And like, JD laughs uncomfortably. And it actually makes it seem more real that he's like emotionally <laughs> dealing with it. And I'm standing there. Like, I don't know how anyone's buying this. I don't know how anyone's <laughs> buying this stuff. <laughs> like, well, the guy was like, talking. the guy's like, yeah, you're laughing now, man. But I must have been really difficult for you when that happened. And JD's like, yeah, yeah, really hard. <laughs> oh, fucking, oh, Blake goes, oh, Blake goes, uh, yeah, most people fight, but he just gave up. <laughs> he came in. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was like, what, what would you, what would you ask me? what would you do in a situation like that i'm like i would fight for my life the guy's like yeah i would fight more for my life too and J J i was like jd just gave in i asked the guy I was like i told the guy i'm like ask jd how it felt ask him if he had an orgasm and that's when the guy was out the guy's like yeah i'm not interested yeah. in that and jd what do you do you just give up and go with it after a while it was like when when blit kept proposing to you to marry him at first you were like no 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 and then you just to get him to stop you go okay i agree to marry you yes so, he's like yeah. yeah he's like yelling at me or he's like on the intercom where is he where is he come up here come up here i don't want to come up there so i stand up i go 
Get over here. I say yes. Just get over here. Come back. Or we were at that Michelin star restaurant. We were like three sheets to the wind. And like I told these girls that JD was going to meet his adopted son at the orphanage after like 18 years. He's going to meet him for the first time. And they, everyone believed him. Believed me. Yeah. Well, I remember the, the walk, the hike you did in LA, right? Where, mm-hmm. what did you tell them JD was suffering from? Just the, he came out of an operation. He wasn't able to walk or something. And they all, <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> you have like 15 different stories for every fucking thing we do. I have a book. I have like a dream board of things that I'm going to do with JD. Great. JD on, on the some... wall, JD was panting and he was like, yeah, he just had, you know, this is his first time trying to complete this hike and people yeah. were, th- you know, giving him applause yeah. and saying, you can do it, JD. Yes. You can yes. do it. I also told people at the beach that you just got your vision back, that you were blind for the past five years. Oh, that's right. You're seeing that's things. Right. <laughs> what did they say to him? They're like, just enjoy it. Take in the water. Take in the, take in the air. Take Look the at the blue. <laughs> JD, um, do you ever go along with these things? Like say to the people on the beach, you know, I almost don't want my sight back. I'm so used to not seeing, or do you just, do you, you just you know, keep I, fighting it? If I can think of something or whatever to go along and, and I can like act along, I, I get, I'll try, but I'm, I'm just not good at that sort of stuff. I'm not, I Thank can't God. think of, yeah, I can't I think, think that's of what's like great that. about it. Great, this yeah. is this is what's great about it. <laughs> Sometimes I like when you try and you'll go like, yeah, yeah, I'm a blind guy, and then then Blit goes crazy and you go, no, 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 I'm not a blind guy. <laughs> You're fucking it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, I Quite thought Blit, JD, what'd you think? I thought Blit was doing pretty well with Drew Barrymore up until Listen. he did his Michael Jackson impression. <laughs> yeah, I I thought so too. I you know the song. The song catapulted him to the top. That yeah. was right. He was he was winning then. Um, then the guy, then the <laughs> Clark talked about holding her hand, and I think that sort of got Clark. It, it was a little neck and neck there, and then fucking Blit did his goddamn uh, Michael Jackson impression. And Clark, <laughs> Clark was shot right up. Does he shoot himself in the foot? Is that a JD? He goes for the funny rather than winning the girl. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm not. I haven't been around him a lot. Whenever he's like actually trying oh, to be with I've done with a before. girl or whatever, <laughs> but yeah, see, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has actually told me about dates. Like, you know, yeah, uh, yeah I did this bit about the sh- something with champagne or whatever. No, I, I did this one bit. I was like, I met this girl, super cute. We're like texting, and she's like, I was like, hey, do you want to do something Friday? She's like, oh no, my my sister's cooking dinner. So how about Saturday? And Saturday's great. Then I I text her back. I'm like, what's your sister making? She's like, oh, uh, I, think, I don't know. I'm like, well, she should make paella. And she wrote back, she's like, I, I really don't know what my sister's making. I'm like, well, paella is great. And I write out a recipe for paella. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, paella is really good. She should try. It. I'm just fucking around. And then the, the last text I get from her is like, uh, I don't think I feel comfortable going out with you because I'm a little nervous about why you're so consumed with what my sister is making for for dinner. And then actually, this was probably eight years ago. And then I ended up going out with her randomly many years later on one date. But let me understand something. You want this girl, right? You're attracted to her and all this. And what kicks in? Do you go, I'm just going to sabotage it by because I can't resist doing the paella thing because no one's going to see the paella thing but you. I mean, I know I got I suck myself into stupidity. I mean, he said at the Super Bowl uh, when we were doing the show, 
whenever he got the idea to propose, he's like, once the ball, once the ball starts rolling, I can't stop. I can't yeah. stop. So once, wow. once he gets an idea and he's in it, but I have control of it out. now. I have control of it. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't know I either. <laughs> but you me. must not have liked the paella girl that much because you no, can. she was cute. I was just, I was putting up, I was trying to be funny. I was trying to be cute and I took it too far. You kept going. <laughs> I kept going and going, but I did know she was really, really cute. Again, this was, uh, you know, a bunch of years ago, but yeah, I, I've learned that you can't really decipher tone on email or text. So I keep maybe, very, very maybe in a way it's, you know, I was feeling bad for you because I know that when I spoke to Drew Barrymore yesterday off the air, she said, I would like to have the, the you know, the winner on my show. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you were on the Drew Barrymore TV oh, show? Too much attention. Great. I don't think I could handle it. I like flying under the radar. <laughs> no, it would have been I great. And I think if you were on there, your true colors would have come out and you would have done one of your bits. And uh, Listen, before you- maybe I should go in the studio audience when uh, Carl is there and challenge him to like oil wrestling. I'll bring some oil. Clark. And I'll say, Clark. Carl. Clark. Clark. He's going to go, Carl. <laughs> hey, Carl. Carl. It's Clark. No, it's Carl to me. I brought oil and a Speedo bathing suit. For I've the heard two stories. I've heard stories about you, JD or John. Can you tell me if these are true? <laughs> and maybe, JD, you were part of these. Um, the, the guys told me that your best bit, John, was walking up to a table at a restaurant. You claim you're the owner and that the meal is free, and then you walk away and watch what yeah. happens. Is yeah. that true? That's true. Have you, have you seen that, JD? I have not. Thank God. I think it was that was, it was with Mike Trainer. We were like in his neighborhood. He invited us to his house for for like dinner, and then we're walking to this bar, and there's it's a little outdoor restaurant. There's like family of like five people hanging out, having a really nice time. And I'm like, are you enjoying yourself? They're like, yeah, we're having a great time. I'm like. Meals on the house. I'm the owner of the sun. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the evening. And then you just walk away. And who knows what happens, but it's just. <laughs> it's so crazy. He does these bits, but he also, like, whenever you go out sometimes, like, he brings, like, bottles of wine to the table or whatever. And he, like, has the, the waiter or whatever, like, have a, a, bo- like, a, a, a glass of champagne or whatever. Like, he's very generous. And he, like, you know, he talks wine, like, you know, he's looking over the wine list, like, very uh, sophisticatedly or whatever. So it's so, whatever. You sound like... All right, here's one I know he did on you, J.D. Oh, boy. You went to dinner with John, and um, the pasta that you ordered, (laughs) uh, John went to the waiter and said, the pasta looks like it's in the shape of a sailor's hat. And that my friend here, JD, has been raped by a sailor, yeah, and that it's yeah. triggering him. Yes. And what, like, what, that, like you guys were just sitting there, and he called the waiter over, and he said, "Hey, you know, this is triggering my friend. It's his pasta is shaped like a sailor hat." Yeah, that's he just all of a sudden like uh, it was the yeah. menu. They're, they're like, "What kind of noodles are those?" And the the server was like, "Oh, they're shaped like." <laughs> Pirates hat or sailor hats. I'm like, are you going to be okay with that, JD? And the waiter's like, why? He's like, oh, he was raped by sailors as a teen. <laughs> and I, you know, I just, I, I just looked, I just looked down. I just kept ordering. I was like, I'm just doing. I like, no, but then when they, he, the server came, the server kind of knew I was fucking around. He came back to JD. He's like, are are you doing okay with the with the noodles? <laughs> I'm like, I was like, he was crying a little bit. Everyone gets involved with me somehow. Jesus, this total 
total stranger is now pooping uh-huh. on you. Do most of your bits involve JD getting raped? No, or, no, uh, no. no. It's no a, I just it's like a... I like the juxtaposition between sailor hat shaped noodles and sailor rape on JD. But yeah. and JD, are you defeated? Like when the when the waiter asks you that question, you just go, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I either you know, yes, I, it's he just, loves it. I think I think inside. I'm not necessarily. No, I don't need fucking people. Talking about me getting raped. Right. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> and that you I'm gave up a, and just get that you just gave in and you didn't fight it. Yeah, I tried to have a nice dinner with friends and and I got fucking blit over here. Oh you know, yeah, he was raped by sailors. I mean, Jesus do you, you, I mean, why do you go to dinner with him? You know something weird. Like like okay, here's another one. Uh, I don't know if you were part of this, JD, but I heard John once ordered every single item at a fancy restaurant and asked them to blend them together. Like he ordered everything on the menu, I heard and he convinced them to do it. And uh, John, John, eventually, you were part of that. I heard about this. Uh, we, it was at a seafood restaurant, and I ordered the. Uh, they had a plateau with like uh, oysters and clams and yeah. lobster. Everything was shells, and I asked the server if they had like a Vitamix or you know high powered blender in, in the kitchen. And she's like, I'll, "I'll check." She comes back. She's like, "Yeah, we, we have one." I'm like, "Okay, so we'd like to have the Plateau Royale, but." Just blend it all and put it in four cups. <laughs> I think she was to the manager finally. Yeah. She's and like, really? Really? I'm like, yeah, really. And then the manager comes, she brings the manager. He's like, you sure you want that? And I was too deep into, like, I could have revealed earlier, but it was too late. So yeah, he, I let it go. The manager was like, okay. And he walks to the kitchen and I went and I was like, no, I was just fucking around. Yeah, he had actually, I saw the manager the other day. Super nice guy. He cracked up. So we're on we're on really good terms. Is it a compulsion with you? Like because with Drew Barrymore, I thought you would control it and not do the Michael Jackson impression, but uh, you couldn't. You just couldn't help yourself. I think it's a compulsion, right? Yeah, it has to be. I like making people laugh, and you know, with this, I think we work on a comedy show, and I took a chance. It was you know you had to be yourself for the Drew Barrymore show, so I, I decided to to be myself at that point. What's the bit you do, JD? Are you part of this when John gets in the elevator at Sirius and he starts pretending he's cheating oh, on his wife? Yeah, we, I mean, the... talk, that's his regular bit. That's my free bird. That's his, yeah, that's that's a that's a hit. And that, now, any he, we talked that's about this in on heavy the, rotation. We've talked about this on the show. So now, like when people get in the elevators, sometimes they look at Blit and like expect to wait for him to fucking it's wait for him to do it. It's like you get on the phone, you pretend to. It's like crowded elevator if people are talking too loudly or being annoying then i kick in i'm like make a phone call i'm like hi honey yeah i'm in chicago right now and everyone stops and like they're like wait are we in chicago they they're like i'm like i'm like no i don't want to talk to brian he's three i don't speak three-year-old i'm in chicago for the week working for our money and i hang up and then i make another phone call i'm like hey baby yeah i'll see you at the four seasons in an hour yeah she's so stupid she thinks i'm in chicago yeah, I love you. And then everyone looks at me with disdain and disgust. One lady, but like, as the elevator door opens, she's like, you're either an asshole or an asshole. But one time I was with, with Chris and Steve and we went up to the rainbow room for drinks and there were these two like Russian mafia guys oh, with God. for sure prostitutes. And I did that prank and they, the elevator door opens and they're like, that's fucking awesome, man. Like, oh you're the fucking best. God. You're the best, man. <laughs> you almost got into the mafia based on yeah. that bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're our kind of guy.
Yeah. Um, we used to go I, out to like expensive bars and Blit was. This is uh, Steve Nowicki, everyone, uh, telling his John Blit story. Go ahead and then I'll wrap this up, but go ahead. So Blit would turn to someone at, at the bar and be like, oh, yeah, I'm this kid's high school uh, basketball coach. He's, he's doing great. He's going to go to college next year. He's in high school right now. And they're like, He's in high school, and I'm drinking whiskey and blitz like another round of whiskey for the boy, please. I would put the glass up to his mouth. We were talking to this, like, she was like a shoe designer. And, like, yeah, yeah, his team is doing real great this year, you know. But he's a special, you know, he plays center back forward, and he's a wonderful player. Drink up the whiskey. We and have people, a room here. We were at the, at the hotel where we had. At, um, oh, the Mandarin Oriental. The Mandarin Oriental. Oh, like yeah. the most expensive yeah. hotel. All these fancy-ass places yeah. he's and doing this shit at. I would ask the server, I'm like, just curious, are there cameras in the bathrooms? And she's like, she have to check and she come back. And I, and then I'd whisper to Steve, good, good, no cameras, no cameras. And then we walked to the bathroom together. Steve, you see, you go along with it and you just, whatever character Blit gives, assigns you, you go along with. JD fights it too much. Was that, would that be your advice to JD? Yeah, and like people, it's unbelievable that Blit is so convincing. People believe, like, I'm not, I love these bits, but I'm not good at it. I'll sit there and just laugh. And, and it's like people don't even notice me. They're like, they're like, he plays basketball. He's like five ten, and Blitz like, oh, he's the best. He's gonna be the next uh, LeBron James. And yeah. they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Show them your muscles. Show them how you shoot and score. Oh, we, we were. I was at a bar. We were at a bar with him or a dinner or whatever. And he was telling everyone at the restaurant I was like the biggest coke dealer in New Jersey. Or I was like, what the fuck? Come on, man. He's just go with it. Yeah, you guys want oh, any coke? How does this go? Well, that's what he said. Uh, you guys want some coke? You can talk to this guy. Wait, they. Give me a note here. Here's a bit JD resistant to agreeing his child drowned. This is uh let me this see what this is. Oh, okay. This is when you guys were on the beach? The beach uh, one. Sounds like it. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's talk to this person. Right, we don't need to talk to fucking everyone at yeah, Venice Beach. We do. That's, no, we don't. This is on my agenda. So this is JD Harmeyer. Five years ago, JD took his daughter swimming. We stop this, and she accidentally drowned. Oh! So now he's coming to make amends. Do you have any tips? I don't know that she believe in God. Uh, I, 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 I'm not getting into all this. No, I, I, I don't necessarily believe in God. No, I don't. Well, Sorry. that's that's a tough thing to say because if you don't, then you know you don't have the hope that you're going to see your daughter again. That, that is. JD, I will be praying for you. That Thank you. Know, Can you guys pray together and hold hands? I'm not, John. I'm not looking to pray JD, right you now. Care? No, I care. You care? I'm not looking to pray right now. Okay. Well, I just, you know, I will say God. I just, uh, <laughs> God. God, I just pray for Jay. I JD, 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 Lord, uh, that he will come to realize that the daughter will forgive him. I mean, there is nothing to forgive. It was an accident. Yes. He doesn't believe in you, God, but <laughs> he knows why he took your daughter. Thank you. Can you tell JD that he should for forgive himself for not giving his daughter swimming lessons? Yes. Forgive yourself for not giving your daughter swimming lessons. Thank you. There was a reason why you maybe you didn't. <laughs> and now she's enjoying heaven. So in Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, that was nice. What a nice yeah. lady. Well, yeah, well uh, that's why. That's partly why I was felt uncomfortable. Was this poor woman probably believes all this is going on, and she's like, uh, I just felt. Bad. Did you, did you, did you guys end up holding hands during the prayer session? Yeah, of course we held hands. <laughs> <laughs> but the, re the reveal, JD's reaction to that is 
it's priceless. What do you mean? There's a clip also of him reacting to it after it. I don't know if you have it, but it's oh yeah, it says it here. It was so cathartic for me. I loved it. Oh was, yeah, he loved it. it. Says here, John was very pleased with how the prank went. JD was not, and thought the pranks were done. <laughs> That's I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm not looking to be fucking lectured anymore. <laughs> And holding people's hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> Talk to whoever you want, because it's not going to be with me. I'm done. I'm done. The car's this way. car's this way. I'm not standing there having... I'm not talking. I'm not toying with people's emotions while you're talking about a dead daughter. <laughs> People have actually lost their daughters, John. I mean, come on. I, I am aware of that, but you didn't. Right. Okay, all right. I'm done. She has faith. She was being tested. She's praying for, for something that hasn't happened. In her mind, it did, and it was a real moment for the three of us. Do you want to walk this way? No, I don't want to walk that way. I'm done. I want to walk towards the car. I'm done talking to Hello. people. Can we ask you a quick question for Sirius XM Radio? I'm done. Yeah, sure. Great. So five years ago, JD's daughter <laughs> drowned, and he was there while it happened. Well, He's being ridiculous. So don't listen. Don't listen to him. He's being ridiculous. Well, if you, why did you let her go in the ocean if she didn't know how to swim? I'm a bad parent, apparently. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. that's what it is. Yeah. It's a- what are some things he should do to make amends spiritually, emotionally? Um, you're quiet and your mind and do right thing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm done. It was a good one, though. Oh, yeah, it was a great one. Okay, that's it. Ah, 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 ah. JD admitted to being a shitty parent. (laughs) (laughs) More people should do that. (laughs) I'm a shitty parent, sorry. Obviously, you're a bad parent. (laughs) Yeah, I am. <laughs> so from now on, do the right thing. Think and do the right thing. That was her advice. You know, as we were as we were walking to the beach, John was like, "Oh, let's wake up some of these people and do uh, wake up, wake up, crackheads with JD." I'm like, "I'm not waking anyone up on the sleeping on the beach. <laughs> wake up, crackheads with oh, JD. So you want to know what you should do?" When you're walking with John, you should do a bit and, and say, hey, Probably guess what? John, John yeah. was raped by sailors. You can't. You cannot out prank John. You can't out prank John. John. If I tried that, John would fucking go to 11. I, I was gang banged by it. sailors, actually. Exactly. Okay. Okay. He was gang banged by sailors. Yes. 40 sailors gang banged me. Okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. That's enough. They, they raped you too, JD, right? No. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Fine. <laughs> One of my favorite bits I I did with Chris, it was like the first time I think I met Chris and we're walking down the street and a a family walks by with like a son who's probably 15 and I walk by, I'm like, you owe me money. Pointing to the kid. <laughs> and I just kept on walking away. So I don't know. Like the parents, like, why do you owe money? What? Uh, You're out of your mind. Chris is like, well, listen, was like, yeah. you did a good job with Thank Drew you. Barrymore until you did your Michael Jackson impression. You that went is. a little too far. Yeah. But my, my sadness for you is you mm. would have been in seventh heaven because you would have been on the Drew Barrymore show today as her new boyfriend. Listen, and God knows what would have wasn't yeah, meant to wasn't be, meant and to I, be. honestly, I'm happy I got that Michael Jackson impersonation out there because it was inside of me, and it was kind of like a, uh, a, well, a cancer growing, and now I'm free of it. So, well, you know, <laughs> Thank you I so uh, much. 
I feel she picked the right guy. You know, Clark was uh, a good choice for her. He's in the theater. He's, uh, you know, a singer, an actor. He seems like the right mix. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm confident that they will be in a very deep romantic love. And, Maybe uh, I'll be the and best you, man. And by the way, the good news is you still have a shot with my wife because she seems to be enamored <laughs> with you. She goes to me, oh, my God, when Drew saw John, she kind of did a double take. I saw her head snap around. I go, honey, no one's head is snapping around for John. It's just yours. And uh, I don't know. She thinks you're hot. But I'm sick of hearing about you at home. What are you going to do? I'm not hot. <laughs> you're very hot. Are you I love my job. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't worry. I, I don't care. Yeah. Believe me, I'm not the jealous type. <laughs> good, you know. Good. Yeah. Um, the audience thought we did a, a great job with all the contestants, including John. They wrote in. I know he didn't win, but Josh Radin on the Drew Barrymore dating game was awesome. He and Beth, he had Beth crying with his beautiful song before Drew even got on the air. I'm a big fan. Drew doesn't know what she's missing out on. I called him and I said, "Dude, yeah, uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon teed you up with a question." Sing a love song or sing some kind of song about your first date. I said, "Why didn't you just sing one of your love songs?" Because I, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm a you know, he, he had to like, he felt, the, he felt he shouldn't do that. I said, "Well, you would have gotten the date if you did that." Jeez, I, I just don't no. understand it. I really still can't understand it. Another listener wrote, "Howard, I wish Joshua Radin had sung as beautifully for Drew as he did in that song for Beth earlier. I also wish I was in that game because I would have picked him in a heartbeat." So. There you go. Um, and, and Diego Lopez got a lot of love, too. I, I, I know he didn't seem as much as a big shot as the other bachelors, but I really like Diego Lopez on the Barrymore dating game. He seems sincere and funny, and he kicks dudes' asses. What else is Drew looking for? Yeah, I meant to ask Diego. Uh, part of his sort of uh, bio is this uh, notion that uh, he broke a guy's ankles, and I was wondering how he had done that, like what kind of hold he did and what circumstance he beat the guy up, you know? Uh, hard to break two ankles, if you're saying ankles. How did he do said. that? Wow. I don't know. People had mixed reactions about John Blitt being a contestant. Jonathan Blitt was so awkward and creepy. Drew really dodged a bullet there. She needs to be with a guy who can have a serious conversation for at least five minutes. Um, and then this one was more positive. The other three contestants were okay, but I thought Blit really stood out as the winner. He had the most charisma and humor of all four bachelors. I cracked up when he said he was writing the new E.T. script. Right. I said to, you know, <clears throat> not to dwell on John all morning, but I said, John, is this for real, the E.T. script? But I can't get a real answer out of him. He goes, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll send you a clip of it because I've been workshopping it. And I go, okay, I'd like to hear it. Yesterday he had 20 pages. I mean, what's, what's the real deal? Come on. All right. Here's John Blitt as Gertie, which was the, um, character that Drew Barrymore was. Yeah. Gertie was a little girl at the time. Now it's 40 years later. And JD is playing the role of ET. <laughs> um, and this is the opening of John's script. E.T.'s back, the decline of an American family. So here's a little preview of this movie they've written for Drew Barrymore. Uh, I was kind of excited about this. Here you go. Interior Walmart employee bathroom day. Gertie, now 40-something years old, is staring at herself in the mirror. She has several tattoos and visible cut marks on her arms. You are not going to lose this job, Gertie. Now let's smoke some crack. 
Gertie reaches into her purse and pulls out a small square of tin foil, a lighter, a straw, and a small bag of crack cocaine. She sprinkles some crack into the tin foil, lights up, and takes a few hits. I love crack. Cut to exterior, outer space. A beat-up spacecraft cruises by, randomly firing laser beams at nothing. E.T. is behind the wheel of the spacecraft. E.T., go home. E.T., go home. The spacecraft enters Earth's atmosphere and lands behind the Hollywood sign. E.T. home. Home. E.T. home. You know, I got to tell you, it kind of sucked me in. I was like, I like the idea of Gertie. She grew up to be a crackhead. And loves crack, and E.T. returns to help her get off crack. I kind of like it. I, I Do hate we to say really it. know why E.T. is coming back? Because uh, E.T. sounds like one of the three stooges. That uh, well, all right. That was J.D. J.D. E.T. sounded Hispanic, actually, I thought. I don't know. Do. By the way, I don't know if you want to spoil it, but, uh, yeah, you're... you're E.T. does not help uh, Gertie get off track. <laughs> oh, no? I thought that's where no. you were going with it, John. I thought well, Gertie no, gets... No. They're, they're twists and turns. Well, twists and turns. But at first, E.T. enjoys crack. <laughs> oh. Yeah. E.T. gets e. hooked on crack? He, he, loves, he loves crack. <laughs> yes. You know, I think there are four deaths within the first, you know, 20 yep. or so pages of the script. It's dark, but it's it's a fun, I it's a tell fun family ride. Uh, it sounds pretty good, actually. I mean, call me I crazy. I, yeah, yeah, well, I, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, maybe this will get back to him. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. You know, I I, I don't want another family E.T. I want E.T. to be a bit demented. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what you get. Does he have sex with Gertie in this? Um, well, I don't know spoilers, but he does put it. There's a flashback to the original E.T. where he does put a probe in her so he could find her when he becomes of age up her nose up her nose up her nose yeah right but is that sexual for him listen no spoilers no spoilers (laughs) oh here's an email i got it's a cease and desist from steven spielberg he says that's had it with you he (laughs) has your john uh treatment i don't know i kind of like it call me nuts uh, yeah, E.T. kills someone on a hike to get their clothes. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy's like, sees E.T. E.T.'s walking down Griffith Park, and the guy's like, that's a great costume. And E.T.'s like, you could do the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's no costume. <laughs> he, shoots him. he shoots him with his laser beam. Yeah. If JD plays E.T., I'm, I'm in. I might finance it on uh, Kickstarter. I, I'm yeah. serious. I love it. I love it. Well, I hope to hear more of the script with you and JD. Keep working on it. Yes. So so is it fair to say that like E.T. grew up to be a real asshole? Yeah. He's pissed. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. He's an asshole. Now he's like more like a, he's like a monster now. He's kind of like, um, De Niro in, in Taxi Driver. He has that kind of vibe. He's a rebel. He's angry at the world. He's angry that he was taken away from this planet and he's back to do do some damage. You know, there's some similarities between Celine Dion and Renee, how Renee found Celine Dion when she was very young and really had to wait to groom her. So E.T. Oh is God. almost he like didn't groom Renee. Her, I mean, he, I mean, well, not groom her. Well, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, sign we off. don't know right. what Renee did. <laughs> right. okay, Renee, just, just yeah, yeah, that's your thought. Uh, we yeah. don't believe that. Uh, I actually blah, 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 wrote blah. a one-man show where I play Renee. Okay, all right. Thank you. Contact Celine Dion on that. She'll probably love it. Yeah, she wants Um, to produce. Right. Canadian Songbird. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, John Blitt, who uh, works so well with J.D. and Steve Nowicki and uh, 
all the antics going on. And uh, he had a real shot at uh, Drew Barrymore, and he got close, but uh, then he did his Michael Jackson impression. Well, um, the thing I loved, uh, you know, because Drew did say she wanted everybody to be themselves. And yeah. for a while, John held it together. Then he had to be himself. I love yeah. that. Unfortunately, at the end, he was himself. Uh, uh, like Beth, everyone loved Clark Thorell, the winner. Uh, we got a nice uh, note from him. He was very excited. He thought the, uh, oh. the, the, the the dating game was classy. He enjoyed being a part of it. There was no doubt in my mind. These are the uh, listeners weighing in, the Clark fans. There was no doubt in my mind that Drew was going to pick Clark. He's a singer, a dancer from Broadway, a.k.a. he's the whole package. She made the right choice in spite of the Donald Duck impression. I thought the <laughs> Donald Duck impression was kind of cute. Was good, yeah. Howard, I didn't think Clark stood a chance when the game started, but the more he talked, the more he seemed like the perfect man for anyone. If it doesn't work out with Drew, I'll take his number. And um, and that was signed Chris Wilding. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, and I even like Beth was like, oh, Clark did so well. Clark, Clark, Clark. And, I, you know, can you believe I thought of Clark? And I was like, you know, what the fuck with Clark already? You know, <laughs> She goes, I married you, but I think Clark's a great guy. He wasn't my guy. I go, okay, I get it. I get it. I was tired of hearing about Clark. Clark won my heart when he pulled out the ukulele on a moment's notice. Handsome, sweet, and good enough for your Beth. That's all I need to know. King of All Blacks wrote me. I actually sent a voicemail that he didn't like that Beth chose her ex-boyfriend for a game. Oh. Uh, of yeah. Of course he didn't. No, here he is. I personally think it's disrespectful. Out of all the people in the world, you pick somebody that you was dating, I would have a discussion with her. And I said, where's this coming from? And what she going to say is, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But it is a big deal. Women say they like when you care about them. But once you care about them too much, they resent you. Ah, oh, jeez. Mm. Now, there you go. Him and I his tried. wacky philosophies. Imagine if, like, you took him seriously. Your whole life would be a mess. Look, you know what I, I mean? be, I, he's American Taliban to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear every time he starts talking about women and relationships. Right. Uh, what else did the fans comment on? Yeah, the fans were commenting on the all-hands meeting where Robin was triumphant. <laughs> I played a clip of Robin's appearance at the SiriusXM All Hands meeting. And uh, Robin was the guest of honor. 15 minutes. They interviewed her. The audience admired Robin's wisdom. I played this on the show yesterday. Robin, we speak your name. I'm glad you got the recognition you deserve. Oh. Uh, not many people in radio have reached the levels you have. And it's all due to your hard work. I loved hearing Robin say she didn't have any role models. As accomplished as she is, she should be her own role model. Long live Queen Quivers. <laughs> Um, I did uh, go into a bit of a tirade yesterday, a disappointment, let's call it, that the serious uh, CEO, Jennifer Witz, during this uh, meeting that was all serious employees that Robin was a part of, that, that Jennifer was weird, like she was on Zoom and had in her office a picture of Andy Cohn over her head, like right on her shoulder. So you'd see her head. And then as you're looking at the screen to her left, standing a full sized Andy Cohen kind of standing there in, uh, uh, of Andy Cohen 
who I personally like. I've told you that. I don't want people to misinterpret this. I got nothing against Andy. He's, he's a joy. But uh, I thought it was a little bit demeaning. I mean, and I mean, Andy Cohen, I mean, even if it was Mad Dog Russo, I could understand. I mean, Andy, uh, I don't what know. What are you saying? How is it okay if it's Mad Dog Russo? What if it was like Muhammad Ali, who was a, an American icon? Okay, I can live with that. But I'm, uh, right. you know, if you're going to choose a serious XM employee, you don't put Andy Cohn <laughs> in the visual over your shoulder. You put me. I, I, I kind of built this company. With all due respect, I know it takes a village and I know everyone contributed. And I know if, you know, people who got us into the cars and all that other stuff. But come on. You got to have subscribers and. You know, I guess no one expected me to see it, but Robin went to the all hands. So if Robin's there, I'm going to look in and see what she's up to. I'm, uh, I'm I want to support her, but uh, lo and behold, I got to stare at Andy Cohn uh, the whole time on Jennifer Witz's shoulder. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to breach. I wanted to open up my my microphone. They didn't allow you to, but uh, and just say I don't think people are. You know, I think. I, my guess is more people listen here than to Andy Cohn, but, and I'm pretty sure 80s on 8 isn't exactly uh, the reason people are buying Sirius. Uh, you know, but it would have been tacky of me, I know. So anyway, a lot of people, Marianne from Brooklyn tweeted, I said it once, I've said it a billion times, without Howard Stern, there is no Sirius XM. Marianne wrote a letter to Scott Greenstein and Jennifer Witz about the Andy Cohn oh, photo. Geez. And here she is. So we asked her to read the letter so people could hear what she's up to. This is her letter to Scott Greenstein and uh, Jennifer Witz, who run this As company. a longtime Howard Stern fan and paid Sirius XM subscriber, it really angers me at the outright disrespect of Howard Stern. Howard Stern built the company that pays your salaries. Howard has 241 shows left. Without Howard, there is no Sirius XM. I think it's time for all of you to step up your game and... And show Howard the appreciation he deserves. The entire Sirius XM compound should be placid with photos and love for Howard. When Howard goes, we all go with him. All I need is Howard in my life. Oh, boy. Well, other listeners wrote in, like Marianne, I only subscribe to Sirius XM because of you. Your face should be plastered on every wall of that building. It's because of you the company has reached the level of success it has today. Uh, Howard, Sirius XM better put some respect on your name. I came over to Sirius for you, not Andy Cohn. As funny as Andy may be, he isn't putting in four hours a day of outstanding radio. Ah, okay. Well, listen, no knock against Andy. He didn't do anything Did you wrong. hear from Andy? Did Andy apologize no. for ha even having a picture? Uh, yeah. I mean, why are we wasting money on Andy's picture here at Sirius XM? All right, let's uh, take a couple of calls. Or maybe I should take a break. Ah, fuck the break. Let's uh, take a few calls. People are on fire. They want to talk to us. Keith, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Howard. Good morning. I just want to check in with the group and ask, how, how does no one see that John Blick, and I, I apologize, John, up front here, but you're a gay man. It's very clear. <sighs> Please don't out me on the show. You're oh, outing me. Well, I, oh, you mean you oh, you mean Blit? Oh, oh, sorry. Blit I thought you is were the gay man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. There is there is no doubt. I mean, the purple sweater, the way he talks, his references. He's so far into it, and and no one's called it out. I'm a little disappointed, I'm, in Chris Wilde. By the way, Keith. Chris, yeah. Keith, he's wearing a pink shirt today. 
Full pink. Keith is right. I can I I want to I want to come out of the closet now, Keith. <laughs> Keith, you're right. I've been gay for the past like eleven years, and uh, dude, you've been gay all your life, and you're trying no. To but I've been practicing. I've been a practicing homosexual for the past twelve years, and I want to come out of the closet <laughs> into no the world. In my mind, brother. There, there is you no go. Are you are you hearing mind. me, Keith? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing my words? Uh, well, I am. And, and but I, you're doing. And I want to. Be it's who not you stick. are, brother. Be like Chris Wiley. Uh, be proud, st- man. Chris, don't be hiding. We know, Keith, dude. Keith, we know. last last night I had such beautiful intercourse yeah, with an incredible man. Story, we're gonna it's try true. To be, to get, like clever. Come it's, on, I'm man. not trying to be clever. I'm. I want to thank well, you. Well, Keith, so Keith, I, Keith, Keith you're a gay man. Keith, you're a gay man. I am, sir. Yeah. Uh, you want to have sex, well, Keith? Where do you live? I'll come to your house. <laughs> hey, dude, I don't do hey, I don't I don't do any charity work. All right, especially to somebody who can't be who they are. Keith, now, come on, step up. Uh, I'll Keith, give you yeah. a bit of information that you don't know about John. John did not he John did not lose his virginity until he was twenty seven years old. And what was that guy's name? Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. He was yeah, says, no, not Kevin. It was Come Swedish. On, dude. Is, John, I, is that I, true? You didn't. Yeah, you yeah, didn't. Yeah, no, just, you, you didn't have sex with a woman until you were twenty-seven. It's, it's a true story. It's a, now. Wow. What was wrong? What? What? Why? Why did that happen? He's gay, Robin. He's gay. G a y k. Chris, do you he's think gay. Chris Wilding? Do you think John Blit is gay? Is is Keith onto something, or is this a nonsense? I see why what? people would think that. But I have been alone with Chuck many times. He's one of my best friends. I have never got a gay vibe from John. I think you're projecting and wishing, like we all are, my friend. But I don't believe he's gay. No, no, no. Oh, Chris, you just lost. Oh, come on. I wish he was gay. He he would be a. I wish I could find a guy like John who was gay. And maybe have you ever come on prepared. to John? Did you ever like when you were alone with him? Did you ever like? No, maybe I'm not. Your... I'm I'm not attracted to John. I'm oh. I'm so attracted to his personality, but physically, John is not my type. I see. I'm sorry. Uh, I think he's a good-looking guy. Go. Right. No, John there is not go. gay. He's fancy. He's not gay though. The, those two fancy. things can be mutually exclusive. Most fancy people are gay, uh, Chris. I hate there to break it to you. Know. You know, but that's why John is a catch. Our friend on the phone first brought this up. I was like, the cooking, the wine, the, you know, the, he's just oh, really detail oriented and elaborate. Yeah, he's and like, he's like Hannibal well, Lecter. Dude. He's like Hannibal Lecter minus the eating people. He is a Chris, fancy, fancy Chris, guy. do you yeah. have a good gaydar? In other words, are yes. you one of, you Exceptional. are. Okay. Exceptional. So you can, t- so like, uh, so you say that John is not gay based on your gaydar? No. What no, about Ralph? He has, He's he, not gay he had, either, right? Uh, uh, I, uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment? <laughs> no, my gaydar broke when I met Ralph. <laughs> Some smoke started gaydar going broke. <laughs> I don't know Ralph what's going on there. the gaydar. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say anything. All right. John has all the the great qualities you would want in a gay man, but he is not gay, and that's what makes him just a really right. special, Fair amazing Fair guy. Yeah. Let's move on with the... Keith, thank you. Uh, uh, Can I get Keith's number? I would like... Keith, are you hot? What yeah, you I am, at? man. Actually, I'm you a zaddy, it. buddy. I'm a zaddy. You're a, I, I don't, you're a zaddy. So you have a big cock. Hey, whoa! You're the guy Later, out man. trying to out John Blit. What's the big deal? How big's your pecker? <laughs> 
I'm like Howard. I got an itch. An itch yeah, is unlucky. Feeling. Get rid I of this guy, Howard. Penises. All right, you're done. You're done, Keith. No I'm one done. wants you. Yeah, we need a big cock for our gay <laughs> antics. Ah, uh, anyway. All right, John. Enough with Isn't you. Isn't this a, like a period of time where it's like you know people are supposed to come out? Yes. If they're yes, they are in the closet still. Look, what are you going to do, Robin? You want to be in the closet? Be in the closet. Listen, for years well, you, you know, were accused of being gay. Thing, I was saying this yeah. because I saw Madonna was sort of uh, people were saying that Madonna has come out as gay. Good. And I was Good like, I don't know that that's true. She, you know, she was being very cryptic in some tweets um, or something, some social media stuff she was doing. Hey, Rob, what's up in Canada? Okay, I think uh, it'd be fantastic to hear uh, John Blitz stuff as a radio play on Howard 101. I don't know whether you right. pre-tape it or do it live. Uh, All right. Well, we'll have more. Well, I'm gonna yeah, I, listen. You and me both. I keep saying a blit. Where's your bits? Let's go. So uh, look, I'm telling you that thing you played this morning was just side splittingly funny to me. I go. don't know yeah. if it's because I know JD and I'm watching and I love hearing him squirm, but oh my goodness, is it good? All right, all right, all right, Rob. I am I am someone who appreciates the subscribers to this channel. You want more blit? I'll give you more blit. I'll give you some bonus blit. Okay, if anyone wants it, you <laughs> okay. want it, Robin? I'll yes, give it to you yes. Right now. We yes, send blit. Just... Oh, go ahead. We sent blit. Um, you know, let me explain it this way. Part of an actor's job is to promote the movies they work on. And this is usually done through press junkets. The actor sits down for an interview. They get asked the same dumb questions over and over. And, uh, you know, and some actors find ways to keep themselves entertained. Um, I'm, I'm setting this up for you, Rob. If you want to hang yeah. up, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you, okay? This involves blit. I'll give you some extra blit. Okay, so for example, at these junkets, Jeff Goldblum, the famous actor known for movies like Independence Day, The Fly, Jurassic Park, etc. He loves to flatter the interviewer at these junkets. And I'll give you a montage of him promoting the newest Jurassic Park movie. This is when he was out there doing it. And you'll see, this is his shtick. But it's thrilling to see you. And hey, look at you. Wait a minute. You've got a, a, a leather onesie on. I don't believe since Elvis's comeback concert have I seen something like that. Talk about handsome. Look at those piercing blue eyes. Oh, keep going. Keep saying nice things. Not since Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. But you look looked like a young, beautiful um, Jane Fonda, of course. I'll take that as a compliment. You looked like Jane Fonda in Cat Baloo. <laughs> okay. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's his shtick, okay? Cat <laughs> Yes. Uh, for example, um, oh, I, I mean, listen, you guys know what a junket is, right? And uh, in some of these junket things, the interviewers also act like they're best friends with the celebrities. Um, you know, I've done these junkets and then sometimes someone says to me, like, especially when I was doing America's Got Talent, they go, Hey, I interviewed you last week. And I go, yeah, of course, but you don't know what the fuck you, 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 you know, you, you, you don't remember everybody. I don't remember you from, 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 from you know, Hey, when you were in Cannes Film Festival promoting private parts, I interviewed you. And I'm like, that was fucking 25 years ago. I don't remember you. 
But um, here's a montage of junket interviewers reminding actors that they've met them before. Here you go. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, I was doing my memory, and I remember that you and me met for Fracture in L.A. 2007. Wow, we go way back. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hawking, it's great to see you again, and we got a special guest. You remember my coworker here, John, when we all hung out? How are you, man? Dude, we're at that music hall, and we gave you the bottle of whiskey that you said has disappeared. Oh, my God, you look gorgeous. Thanks. That's so nice. Nice to meet you. You know, we met for Be, Be From Vendetta 2,000 years ago in New York. Wow. Nice <laughs> to talk again. Chris, for the previous movie, we were actually in Hawaii. I don't know if you remember this. Of course I remember. How can I forget you, Barbie? This was in Sao Paulo for Avengers. Oh, my gosh, yes. I remember that, that trip, too. We were just talking about it. That was a fabulous trip. That was in L.A. I've been with you everywhere, Chris. Barbie, I know. I have those same photos saved on my phone, and I think of you often. Mama says hi. You met her at Keanu. Whoa, your, your mom? Yes, you met my mom. And I, I thought you were talking about my mom. I was like, hey, wait a second. No. Oh, no, okay, you're yeah, telling no, my you, mom. My mom. Tell Ma I say hi. And I hope she's, uh, I hope she can see Nope. That was Ryan Gosling, Ethan Hawke, Natalie Portman, Chris Pratt, and Jordan Peele. But can you imagine, like, your job is interviewing these people. You know they don't want to be there. And then you're like, hey, remember me from 15 years ago? We went, And then the guy's like, yeah, 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 that was great. Yeah. It's like, dude, why are you bothering? Are you that hungry for contact? I mean, Jesus Christ. But anyway, so we sent correspondent John Blitt to the red carpet of MTV's Video Music Awards in August. He pretended to be friends with some of the celebrities he interviewed. First, he talked about his mom with musician Chloe Flower. So here's John doing his thing where, you know, he's best friends. We sent Chloe? John out huh? to be annoying and he yeah. loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what he does. Chloe, hi, how are you? It's so great to, nice see you. to see you. I just want to say my mother is a huge fan of yours. and No, she isn't. Sadly, she passed away listening to everything that you would do. I want to cry. And she wrote you a bunch of letters and, and you never responded, but that's okay. Oh my God, where did she send them? I don't know. I didn't ask her. Do you have a message for her, please? Uh, I, I'm her name so is Marjorie. Marjorie, where you are i know you're looking down on us so proud of your son mm -hmm. thank you so much for being a listener she was also a chain smoker do you have a message to people who smoke because she died of cancer like very slow painful death but you always listen to your music if you're having addiction find a different addiction that's healthier like i switched from drinking i switched to another healthier activity like exercise right so i got addicted to cryo oh you did yeah i got addicted to the infrared sauna it's so funny i have an infrared sauna business on the side no you don't i do i rent them out can you give a shout out and say that you've Use my infrared sauna safely. Sure. What is your infrared? No, no, no. I, we can, well, we I don't can know what it is. I might no. have used it. No, no, no. no, no, no. We, we have to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Somebody put a stop to the nonsense. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a wanted poster of John Blit hanging outside the VMAs now. <laughs> he's the. It says he's the Tom Brady of wasting people's time. That's his superpower. Uh, okay. In typical Blit fashion, things got nuttier from there. John tried to do that friendly tactic with rapper Do It All. Do It All. He tried to. All. Yeah, okay. here we go. 
How you doing? Do it all. How are you? I'm good. Excited for the MTV Awards tonight? Oh, I'm super excited. It's in my city. It's in Newark. I really appreciate that. I love it. We met in Miami. Nice. Uh, you know, remember Soho House? Oh, I remember Soho House. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had our craziest time. We were like partying, doing a lot of blow. We ended up running over. Oh, I never did blow, so that wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. You definitely helped me bury that homeless guy that we hit in the car. You remember that? I don't remember that. Really? But, because you but, were, it was your shovel. No, nah, well, I mean, it might have been uh, my album playing while y'all were doing it. No, no, no. It was you. It was me. No. You. No, it, was, it wasn't us, but... Could I get your phone number again so we could hang out Hey, again? I mean, you can have my phone number, one eight eight eight. I don't know what you're talking about. No, we partied and you were doing a lot of Molly. No, I never did Molly in my life. It was with me. No, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 100%. No, no, 100%. Please. Uh, there he is, busting do-it-all's balls. And do-it-all, by the way, is also a councilman for Newark, New Jersey. So, I mean, he didn't want to, you know, he's like, get this guy away from me. Blit really does have a superpower. He's His superpower is making every situation... As awkward as possible. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. Want more of it? Uh, John claimed to have partied with Justina Valentine, one of the stars of MTV's comedy improv show, Wild and Out. But she wasn't buying it. Here you go. Justine Valentine. How you doing? How you doing, love? Excited for the VMAs. That's a Fendi. That's what? a fact. Who are you wearing? Amicana Boutique. Yeah. Uh, I love them. They always get me right. They always do my outfits for my events. You know, we partied in Miami. Like, you and me? Me and you. We are the, so we ended up at that Russian roulette game. Russian roulette with a gun? Spinning a gun. Yeah, it was me and you. Bitch, you got a different red hair. No, it's 100% you. Definitely was not me. Be honest. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I love my life so fucking much. Yeah. If you think I'd been a fucking gun. You weren't thinking straight. We were all hopped up on... I, I knew We he, were hopped up on Molly. Baby, I don't do drugs. I'm high off life. We did drugs together, 100%. Who, who the fuck is this guy? I'm John. It's true. We had a great time. John fucking no. Uh, she hated John. By the way, are you a little uh, freaked out that all these musicians don't do drugs? What happened to the old days? They the only That's all they did. Look, nothing surprises Everything. me these days. Mm -hmm. Healthy rock stars. It's ridiculous. Um, Their parents are doing the drugs now. That's what's happening. You want a couple more clips? Are you enjoying this? Sure. Yes, right. John is amazing. John was messing with people all night. He asked celebrity tattoo artist Nico Hurtado for advice on getting his young daughter a tattoo. Here he goes. He's in full shtick mode. My 11-year-old daughter doesn't want a tattoo, but I really want a tattoo on her. Your 11-year-old daughter? She doesn't want one, but I want to give her one. Yeah, you can't give her one. You have to be 18. Even if she's my daughter? Yep. What if she was sleeping? Nope. You have to be 18. Look, if it was on your yeah. show? Nope. Impossible. You have to be impossible. I would never do it. Never happen. When she was 18, if she doesn't want a tattoo, then... When she's 18, that's fine. I could drug her and tattoo her? No, you cannot. Why? Because it's just wrong. Really? Yeah, the person getting the tattoo has to say, I want that tattoo. But I'm her father. Don't matter. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're a father, but you're not in control of another human like that. You know what I mean? So how could I get her a tattoo if she doesn't want one? That's the question. You don't. Celebrities are so well adjusted these days. It's crazy. Yeah, whoever knew you could talk to celebrities and get a, a straight answer? <laughs> Nico has appeared on LA Inc. and is a judge on the tattoo competition show Ink Master. So there you go. I'll give you another one. John talked to Jonathan Fernandez and Sin Santana from the VH1 reality show Love and Hip Hop New York. Okay. John asked them to pose as J-Lo and Ben Affleck. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> how y'all doing? Good. How are you? You're very festive. Are uh, you guys excited for the VMAs? We are beyond excited for the VMAs. I'm legally blind. Who are you guys? Okay, I'm Jonathan Fernandez and since Santana. Santana. We're from the uh, the Love show and Love and Hip Hop. Yes. Can you do me a huge favor? Yeah. I was supposed to interview Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Can you guys pretend to be Ben and J Lo for me, please? Are you fucking with us? No. Here we are at the VMAs with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez after their incredible wedding and incredible honeymoon in Lake Cuomo. How you guys doing? Mi gente Latina! Uh, you know, I'm excited. Like, uh, I got a, a second chance at this. I'm not going to fuck it up this time. J-Lo, what was it like having intercourse with him for the first time after so many years of not having sex with him? La gente Latina! It was amazing. She <laughs> orgasmed 30 times. What do you think? How did he make her orgasm? Orally. How does Ben do orally? Okay, enough. Thank you. Thank you so much. Are you hot? No, no never. Are you on drugs? No. Okay. He's fucking with us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, he had a part. He, he was in. He was in full on heaven. Uh, being like, over could those. you really stand there and say, "I'm legally blind"? Can you? Do- <laughs> <laughs> Finally, John talked with a rapper named Unicorn One Fifty One. Uh, John asked Unicorn to shout out his son's OnlyFans account. <laughs> I don't know where John comes up with these, but it, it does them pretty quick. What's up, what's up? What's up, what's up? What's your name? My name is Unicorn. So my son, he's 21, he has an OnlyFans account. Wow. Any tips on how he could increase his viewership? Just does a lot of naked stuff, naked push-ups. He does a lot of self-suck yeah. videos. Your son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've- if you do a cameo on his OnlyFans, that might bring it up. Can you say I watch him all the time? I'd you like- watch him all the time? I do, I film them. You film your own son on OnlyFans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hell of a dad, that's lit. Holy shit. You want to see one of his videos? Nah, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. That is fire. Can you do me a favor? Can What's you good? say you've watched the videos and they're great and for people to check them What's out? What's his name? Craig. Well, yo, shout out to Craig, man. You a flexible motherfucker. They come from the unicorn. You're, I've seen the videos. They're great, man. Keep sucking your own dick and doing what you do. Tell your father, hold the camera straight. Use a gimbal for extra control. And I'm out, baby. Unicorn 151. Killer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate <laughs> it. Enjoy the VMA. crazy man. Yeah. He's a good kid. Huh? He just needs, you know, he's artistic. He's artistic or artistic? Artistic. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's artistic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, good stuff, right? Hey, John, I love it. Got to go out and do more of that shit. Love yeah. it. And all those celebrities are pretty good sports, especially Unicorn 151. He's like, yeah, hey, keep sucking your own dick and make sure your dad uses a gimbal when he uh, films you so you get the nice, nice quality videos. Uh, I don't react well to that. I mean, when someone starts goofing around, I'm like, ah, fuck, I just want to go home, dude. Don't waste my time. So, well, that, I told you, Blit and, and Nwiki were doing something that they were doing in the elevator every day while yeah. for a while. And I was seeing them on a regular basis. And the second time I said, just leave me out of it. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's all you need to say, because we'll keep doing it. <laughs> don't bother me. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's all the feedback on the Drew Barrymore uh, dating game with a whole bunch of other stuff. There's so much to talk to. I talked about this morning. Uh, you know, I finally figured out the most talented person in show business. I'll reveal that when we come back. Oh. I got to take a break. I'm not kidding around about this. Okay, I can't wait to hear the name. Will we all know who you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. Or have and you discovered something. <laughs> and now that you're now that we're hearing my name being bandied about as uh, being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, 
um, and, and by it's being bandied about by people on this show, meaning Robin. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> but, but when I'm inducted, I figured out I want this person. I finally figured out who the most talented person is in show business and who I want inducting me into the Rock okay. and Roll Hall of Fame. All right. Gotta, you know, um, gotta hear who this is. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to take a short break and film myself, uh, sucking myself off. From my from my OnlyFans, and then uh, who knows? But all right, let me first thank. um... Coming at you a little bit of a Grand Funk Railroad. I'm your captain, closer to home. I'll be taking massive bathroom breaks for this one. How long was this song? It was like uh, I'm trying to remember. I used to play this. Back at uh, WRNW Radio, Freeform, because it was long. Uh, yeah, like, it was epic, this song. <laughs> and they didn't care what you played because nobody listened. So I was like, Let me, I had a, a great repertoire of really long songs. If you listen to my show, there were, I had a four-hour shift and I played three songs. Because, you should have uh, told they, your, song, your show a long song. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, I don't know, but you could do six minutes. That was the thing. Where you know, no, it was longer. These it was longer ten than minutes, six minutes, nine seconds. Wow! Say that again, John. Say that again. It's ten oh nine. Ten minutes. Ten oh nine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hit with well, when you're working in a little radio station in a shack, uh, a ten minute break is nice. Yeah, what was it about Davida? I thought that was the longest one. That was, was that the, the entire entire side of an album. Yeah. In Agata Davida. But, you, you know, if I played it every time I went on the air, I probably would have been fired. You know? <laughs> they took their music very seriously at that radio station. Coming at you. Little uh, Mark Farner, frontman uh, for uh, the Grand Funk Railroad. I like that band. I thought they were really good. I thought good. he had a great voice, too. I loved the way he sounded. I just remember when they came out, people goofed on them. Like, they, they were the punchline to a lot of jokes. Like, oh, yeah, what are you, like, Grand Funk Railroad? Like, they were not cool, and I, I never understood why. Yeah. I bought the album. Mark Farner wrote, wrote this at 3 a.m., and um, it was, like, going to bed. And he prayed to God that God send him a song that would touch the hearts of people. And... Um, he said he wrote it in a weird state between consciousness and unconsciousness. You know, kind of that dopey, sleepy feeling you have. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a true story, according to him. I believe him. God really gave him a song. That was nice of God. I Why wish, don't uh, you pray? You keep wanting to write a song. You never pray. Oh, well, I have people who I hire to pray for me. Fred, why don't you pray and get us a song? <laughs> but by the way, when you're a disc jockey, and uh, that song is such a gift. I always was so grateful to Grand Funk Railroad. Um, you know, you can fully wipe. You don't have shit stains in your underpants. You got time. You know what I mean? You got what are time. you doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> you you need time. Doing. Nature has to take its course. Uh, let's go to Ben. Ben is in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Hey, hey now. 
Good morning. Home Kelly. of the Philadelphia hey Phillies going to the World Series. Go ahead, Ben. How about that? How about that? How about hey, it? Howard. You know what, what I about? heard, Howard? Just for a yeah. second. You know, they always have to get ready for the celebrations in Philly uh, when they have a team that's going to win. So they're already starting to grease down the lampposts and the telephone poles. So people won't pull them out of the ground or climb them? Climb, yeah. People, yeah. you know, just do crazy things when they're celebrating. <laughs> so they have Robin, to put all this thick grease on on everything. Let let the people climb the poles. Boy, who cares? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm for it. Well, yeah, what is it, know, Gary? So, so they won the game to get into the World Series on Sunday, and I think they were doing that on Sunday, and I don't think it stopped anyone. Oh, right. really? They can climb yeah. past the grease. Yeah. yeah. One one thing about the people of Philadelphia, they're 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 almost born with this superpower. They can <laughs> they can ignore the grease and climb those poles. Good for Philly. Ben, what did you have on your mind? Go ahead. Yeah, somebody already climbed the pole. They already showed that video already. I'm <laughs> um, Howard. So yeah, yeah, you know what? The show yesterday was great, and it, and I'm looking forward now to Monday's show at Springsteen. And last yep. week you had asked Gary to try to come up with a song or something he might be able to play he's never done before, stripped down or acoustic. Did he ever come up with anything? Uh, no, I mean, we're, we're still... I mean, everyone's writing me about what songs they want to hear Bruce play, and, you know, we're yeah. Ben, we're working on it. It's uh, We're going to believe me when I tell you we are working on it and spending time. Joe, go ahead in Ohio. What's on your mind? Hey, Howard. Hey, Robert. Hey. Um, I was calling about the Springsteen thing as well. I thought uh, there's this story about Springsteen where in the late 70s, he went and saw the Ramones play and he went home. He was so inspired that he wrote Hungry Heart just for them. And then he showed it to his producer, John Landau. And that guy said, you're fucking crazy if you give this to them. This is a hit. So uh, he kept it. It became his first big single. Uh, I thought maybe you should ask him to play some of that original demo. That story is 100% true. So Bruce was in Asbury Park, and he went to see the Ramones. This is the way I've heard it. If I'm wrong, you can stop me. But he went to see the Ramones. He was so inspired by them that he wrote this song, Hungry Heart. Bruce is, in fact, first big hit. He wrote it in five minutes. Like, he literally just he saw the Ramones. He heard this song in his head. He said, this is a song they should do. Lo and behold, uh, you know, he showed it supposedly to Johnny Ramone, the great Johnny Ramone. And Johnny Ramone looked at it and rejected it. Oh. And, uh, and think about it. And, and Bruce is a hundred percent correct. I happen to think Joey Ramone was one of the best singers. I love the quality of his voice. If you really go back and listen, he was an amazing crooner. And think about the song Hungry Heart for a second. How great! I don't know where Joe is. Joe, thank you. I I don't know where you are, but it sounds like there's a traffic jam. Behind yeah. You. Yeah. Sorry, walking home. Oh, you're um, walking home. It's a, someone's car alarm. But the uh, the the point I'm making, Joe, is that um, he wrote it in five minutes, and if you think about the vocal, everybody's got a hungry heart. It's so Joey Ramone. This is why I don't understand. Why don't people like hire Bruce to produce their album? He's right. This I, I think Joey Ramone singing this would have been awesome. But anyway, Johnny, yeah. Oh, he t totally would have killed this song.
So uh, this is why John Landau is Bruce's manager. He took a look at this song and goes, what are you, crazy? This is a great song. You recorded, and of course he did, and it became his first number one song, Hungry Heart. Isn't that some yeah, story? And meanwhile, the Ramones never had a hit. Right. Oh, my God. They would have had a huge song in the same way that Patti Smith sang Because the Night. Remember? And wasn't yeah. that a smash? Yeah. I mean, that thing went number one. And in the same way, Manfred Mann's Earth Band went to number one with, the, you know, um, uh, Blinded, Blinded by, the, by light. the Light. Yeah. You know that yeah. You know that when Bruce gave uh, Patti Smith um, Because the Night, it had no verses. He only, he'd only written the chorus. She wrote the verses. Yeah. Well, it's a true collaboration, but come on. But I mean... I, I just want to say, Howard, I think that guy was confusing two stories because, you're, you know, you're right about the part where uh, Johnny Ramone didn't want it. But the song that Bruce's manager, um, there was a movie being made with uh, Joan Jett and Michael J. Fox, and the name of the movie was called Born in the USA. Right. So they asked Bruce to write a song for the movie, and he wrote Born in the USA. And uh, Bruce's manager, John Landis, goes, no, 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 no. This is, you do not give that song away. So they had to change the name of the movie, and Bruce wrote a song called Light of Day. That was a movie. Oh, I remember that song, Light of Day. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, there's a, I'll, I'll tell you what. No wonder Bruce got uh, Landau on the payroll. He, I mean, he made some pretty good decisions, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? Wow. <laughs> you know, you think about management, and you know, you always hear jokes about managers and agents, and they're all like a waste of time and this and that. I know what my agent, he saved my ass a couple of times because there were a couple of scripts on private parts. That I might have done that were so would have been so bad, and he said to me, "No, no, no, you ain't doing that." And I said, "Really?" I said, "I don't know." You know, I I wrote uh, one script with another guy where it was all based on my relationship with my father, the whole fucking movie, and like a psychological fuck. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but um, uh, my, my agent looked at. It, he goes, "Are you kidding?" This piece of shit, they, no one will see this. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So, you know, sometimes uh, you got to listen to guys like uh, my agent, Don Buckwold or John Landau or, you know, these guys, they have a they have a vision for you that sometimes you don't see. Well, you know, what's interesting about the John Landau thing is that he was a writer, you know, like yep. he used to interview bands and write up profiles of them. And somehow he got Bruce Springsteen on a level Bruce didn't even have himself. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, it reminds me, my agent, I sat down with him. I was trying to find an agent. And I've told this story a million times on the air, but briefly it was like, you know, first I sat down with Imus's agent who sat and told me that, oh, yeah, Imus made this amount of money and Imus made that amount of money, so you won't get that amount of money. And you and I went, oh, this guy's not for me because he compared me every minute to Imus, and I think I'm better than and Imus. And why won't but, you get the money? I mean, um, what, what good? why would you park at his house? There was a million red flags. <laughs> and then I met with another guy who uh, ran a big uh, talent agency, mostly for news people, but I didn't care. And the dude didn't show up to talk to me. He sent me one of the lesser agents. Mm. And I said, hmm. I was like uh, Goldilocks. I was like, hmm, this bowl of porridge ain't no good. That bowl of porridge. So then I went to uh, my agent, Don Buckwell. He sat me down. He st spent time with me. And he said, I think you could be bigger than Johnny Carson. I, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, well, he's crazy. He goes, no, I think you should be making this kind of money. And I go, is he crazy? 
he believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I signed up with him. And I said, okay, where's, where, where's the money? <laughs> it took a while to get some money, but, uh, you know, he was right. He believed in me. He saw that I had something going on. Um, cause I was a pretty beaten down fool. But you see, with uh, John Landau, Bruce was smart. He said, you know what? This guy writes for Rolling Stone, but I'll tell you what. Seems to have a clear vision for me, and I made him his manager. Anyway, um, yeah, the Ramones demo. I don't know if he's got a demo of that or whatever, but I'll I'll ask. I tell you what, I'm going to ask. Will he be bringing demos with him as well? I thought he was bringing a guitar. Well, no, I thought Uh, he was just bringing his guitar, and if you could just ask him about the story, maybe he'd. Okay. Give us a glimpse into the sound. You know what, Joe? I'll do it. I tell you, I'm getting so, thanks, Joe. I'm getting so many ideas from people and what they want. Look, guys, it's a conversation. I don't know where it's going. I'm just excited the guy's coming in. Uh, Howard, there's nothing wrong with your choices, but I'm going to suggest Independence Day. It's arguably the best song about fathers and sons that have, that has ever been written, you know. Howard has mentioned Brilliant Disguise and Tougher Than the Rest, but the third song in the greatest trifecta of love songs is If I Should Fall Behind. It saved my relationship during a bad time and changed my perspective on how relationships work. Please request for Bruce to play I'm on Fire. It's so sexy and cool. I can't get enough of those chill vibes. Yeah, well, hey, listen. Coming at you, WNBC. A little Bruce Springsteen for you, mixing it up this afternoon. 37 degrees, a very cold winter, wouldn't you say? But, hey, maybe we need a little bit of fire to heat us up. WNBC. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? What a talent I have, talking over music. God really blessed me, huh? Oh, Tell me now, baby, Howard, you've mentioned a lot of uh, great Bruce songs, but how can you forget Secret Garden? Gary should walk into the studio and start reading the letter from his love tape while Bruce performs it. It would be an epic moment. Oh, no, I'm not wasting time with uh, the Bowie McGuire uh, tape. Hello, hello. Guess who? Had a lot of things I wanted to say to you, um, which I think I should be saying to you in person, but I could have wrote them to you in a letter. But I don't, these are things that I, I don't want to write to you in a letter, and these are things I don't want to say to you over the telephone. I think you need to hear my voice, and I think you need to see me to understand some of these things. She lit you in her house. <laughs> you come knocking late at night. I respect your wishes, you know. You say you, you don't want to see me. She lit you in her house. And I have been doing it. If the words you say. What do you think, Robin, a duet between Baba Bowie and Bruce in the studio? Uh, Absolutely not, because, you know, this just takes you away from everything. Uh, as soon exactly. as you start playing it, I'm listening to Gary saying, you need to see me in order right. to understand some of these things. <laughs> right. I think Bruce would run out of the uh, studio. Um, yeah, let me see here. Uh, well, you know, there's a million people. 
uh, Bobo has three questions for Bruce. Do you want to hear his questions? Oh, boy. These got to be killer questions. Hey, now, Howard. How you doing? Yeah, All right, Bobo. questions that I came up with um, to ask Bruce if I had the opportunity to do it. Oh, oh, you would ask these questions. Yeah, you don't well, think Howard yeah. should ask these questions. No, Howard's the master. What do you care? I'm not delusional. I'm just saying. Uh, if let I me hear. What, I'm curious, Bobo. What, you <laughs> know, right. Once in a while, you, you land right. on something. Go ahead. My father's house. Was this about the distance relationship that you had with your dad growing up? Because I know he All had right. like mental What's number issues. two? What is number, number two? Number two. Is there a song that you wrote? And after it's released, that you just hate it. Sometimes they release. All right, them. that's a legit question. I would, okay. uh, I would say that that's a legit question. Okay, number three. Right, number three. The song "Secret Garden" was this song written about a true love of yours that you felt had hidden secrets that you just couldn't crack. All right, there you go. There's Bobo's top three yeah. questions, and here's Bobo Puppet with um, his top three questions. I go ahead, Bobo I don't know Puppet. If I'm here, if you could see me or not, but I have some questions. Was born in the USA about being born in the USA. Your thoughts. All right. That's legitimate. Go ahead. Right. Number two. Okay. Was spare parts written about uh, organ transplants? Your thoughts. All right. That, fair enough. And number three, Bobo Puppet. Uh, number three, iced tea or hot tea? Right. Oh. That's a good question. Yeah. A lot of Glass bugs. or turf. <laughs> All right. Beavis or Butthead? Nice. Forks or spoons? All right. Thought. Thank you, Bobo Puppet. And thank you, Bobo. Water moccasins or snakes? Oh, <laughs> How about Your this? Thoughts. The song uh, Secret Garden. Was it about a secret or was it about a garden? What do you think of that question? You was like it kind of like a Halloween thing where maybe somebody had a body buried in the backyard? You know, it's a secret garden. You don't want anybody to find out you had a body buried in the back. You know, your thoughts? All right. Thank you, Bobo Puppet. By the way, today... Let I'm me Howard just one say something to Bobo because Bobo, you know, we spent all that time people trying to coach him to write questions mm -hmm. and so yep. forth. And the biggest piece of advice people gave him was not to ask questions that have a yes or no answer and he's still mm -hmm. doing it well listen that's his style and i think you're being very mean robin <laughs> uh bobo prefers questions that are yes or no answers he wants a quick <laughs> answer yes or no i i have one more question for bruce yes i know what it is no. bobo i know what it is <laughs> yes or no <laughs> oh you, he's a positive guy i'm sure it's yes that was the question all right. All right. Thank dancing you, Bobo. Dancing in Puppet. the dark about dancing when there was a blackout. Your thoughts? <laughs> oh, that's good. Like a dance club that has a blackout. All right. That's good. Why? Did you know he wrote that for, uh, who was the black singer who, uh, who heaven, oh, God, I can't think of her name right now, but she was a singer who sang disco. So, oh, Donna Summer. Donna Summer. He wrote Dancing in the Dark for Donna he Summer. Did? I don't know if you're yeah. putting me on. Okay. All right. Listen, I, Bobo I think Puppet, Gary thank doesn't you. even know that. Your thoughts. Today on Howard 101, uh, Saturday Night Live legend and uh, friend of the show, Kevin Nealon, will be a guest on the wrap-up show. I want to tell people that live ah. at 1 p.m. Eastern. He is always funny. Kevin Nealon. Love I Kevin. Love, love that guy. Kevin Nealon. He, um, let's see, what did he do on Saturday Night Live? He was the anchor man on the news for a while and also did Hans yes. and Franz with Dana Carvey. Which was a great, you know, going to pump you up. You know, there was supposed to be a a 
I think I got this right. Maybe my memory's failing me, but I think there was supposed to be a Hans and Franz movie. I don't know whatever happened. I think they wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, and he was for it, and then somehow he wasn't, and I don't know what happened. Do you know, Gary? You could ask Kevin about that. I, I know there was supposed to, I, I think there was supposed to be a Hans and Franz movie. I think we spoke to, um, to uh, them about this once before, but I don't know what became of it. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing about that. Anyway, um, so I was saying, this this guy is so talented. I don't even know what his story is, and I've told you this before. I'm talking about uh, Jack Black, the actor who was in um, Shallow Hal, and also I think School his best of movie, Rock. School of Rock. But this guy is so fucking talented. So I was talking to you the other day about Jack Black. I don't know what it is about him, but I feel he is not given enough credit. I, you know, yes, he's a working actor and he's a leading man and, you know, he's funny and there's no question. But I feel like this guy should be in more movies. Yeah, where he's, has he been lately? I don't know, but I'll tell you what he's doing. All right. And I'm not joking about this. Because Jack Black has a, um, a a musical group called Tenacious D, but it's really just yeah. Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Kyle Gass is his musical partner. And they're comedians. But I think, in a way, people look at their music as a joke. But I think it's so fucking good. Uh, the band Tenacious D, they even won a Grammy Award for Best Heavy Metal Performance, believe it or not. But... Mm -hmm. I was talking to Robin the other day about Tenacious D doing, I had seen them do a medley of Abbey Road, you know, um, here, I'll, I got it here. They did a medley of, what were the three Beatles songs? You know, when the, at the end of Abbey Road, when they go into three different songs, well, they did it. I played it on the air. It was so good. And I guess, I don't know, Jack Black must have heard me talking about it. They did the end, you know, that, that whole thing. Yeah. Which I never hear anybody do. And I thought they did an incredible job. And they did it on acoustic. Um, so Tenacious D was recently at our studios in Los Angeles. They heard that I had mentioned. It was Golden Slumbers Carry That Weight in the end. Yes, and they heard me mentioning yes. that. And they, they, they did a medley of Who songs for us. And we're, when we got it up on the app, I watched it seven times last night. That's how good it is. Jack Black has got a big beard now. Looks like Santa oh, really? Claus. Yeah. <laughs> He's standing there. It's a big gray beard. He's standing there in like these shorts, but like, like kind of like Bermuda shorts. And his partner in Tenacious D, Kyle Gass, is, they're both playing guitars in our studio. They're both in these shorts, these weird shorts and get-ups. And they broke into this Who performance. And I'm telling you, you got to go on the app and watch this thing. I got it up there now. It's a Who medley. I'll play you some of it, but watching them is even more fun. Because they appear to be goofing around, but they're not goofing. They're really good. They're really listen, good musicians, yeah. I'm telling you, listen to this. Just good, just Yo, acoustic guitar. This one's for Howard Stern, the greatest. Yeah. By the way, he gave me a shout out too, which uh, that's not why I'm playing yet. But it uh, isn't oh, it. sure, sure, yeah. sure. No, but okay. I was complimented because I love Jack Black. Of all times, the king of all media, the original pinball wizard. 
go watch i'm just playing you a little bit of it then they break into a couple other who songs i mean he this guy is some talent i i don't know i mean he's playing guitar he's singing he's funny as fuck in these movies so i was thinking when i do get into the rock and roll hall of fame because robin says i deserve to be in uh i want jack black to uh induct me that's who i, well, want. I think that's a great idea that's who i want brilliant idea i don't know yeah. how He's been overlooked even for that. Nobody the has guy, he ever inducted anybody. I don't know, but the guy uh, I I saw him once induct Led Zeppelin into. I think he was at the Kennedy. If I, I I'm a Jack Black fan, so I know shit. The uh-huh. the uh, he was at the Kennedy Center Honors, and they brought out Jack Black, and he did a tribute to Led Zeppelin, calling them the best band ever, and. Um, he even he, he even considers them better than the Beatles and the Stones, and a guy and he, he was funny as fuck. He gets up there and he goes, "I just want to say you guys have written unbelievable songs about love and Vikings <laughs> and Vikings in love, Vikings who love Vikings." And you know, it was just funny as fuck. I mean, I don't know. Am I crazy? I think this guy. Is no, a massive he's incredibly talent. talented. What are you so talking why isn't about? He, of course, I don't know. I, you know, I get angry, but I go, "Why is this guy not in every movie?" Well, you know, first of all, that would burn him out. That would not be think? a good move. Yeah, right. no. they've you done that with funny people before. Like at one point, Richard Pryor was so hot, they just said, "Stick him in anything, even Superman." You know, stick all him right. in somewhere. Stick him in the desert. There's nothing better than Shallow How, one of my favorite movies. When he's and dating, you probably can't if, even watch that right now. Like, that would probably be a politically incorrect movie, don't you I don't think? give a fuck. I watch it. I'm just saying, you couldn't release that movie today. No, no way. But I watch it in secret. I lock myself in a room <laughs> so no one will see me watching it. You have the only banned copy that's still around. Yeah, here, This was what I was telling you. You never give me your money from uh, Tenacious D. You never give me your money. He can sing. And in the middle of negotiations, listen to these harmonies. Down. I never give you my number. I only give you my situation. But in the middle of investigations, I break down. 
Mm-hmm. Listen to this guy. He does it all. And when he was Dewey Finn in School of Rock, forget about it. I mean, I don't know. It's the greatest performance, yeah. I don't I just love it. I just love it. I love this guy. I don't know him real well. We've had him on the show a hundred years ago, but... Uh, Jesus. What is his story? Does he, is he married? Does he have kids? Uh, is I he think a recluse? He was married. And I don't know if he's still married. I know he was married at some point. Yeah. But yeah, but, uh, you know, for a while there, he seemed to be doing a lot of movies. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I just loved him in Tropic of Thumbed Thunder. Yeah. He when was he great does, in that. oh yeah. my goodness, he was so good in that. Well, anyway. Go, you got to watch this clip. I think it's our exclusive. I mean, it's in our studio, so I assume it is. But they do this who medley, and it's really entertaining watching this guy and his and his buddy. Uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle Gas. Good, good fucking combo there. I get why those guys are into each other, and they seem are to they be having a lot of fun. Concentrating more on music now, or Maybe. is that what's going on? Maybe. Oh, Jack's been married since 2006. He must have kids. He'd be a fun dad. Wish my dad could have done some of these things. So, you know, be in movies and sing. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Uh, been uh, thinking about my dad lately. When uh, the guy on the dating game said, um, the bachelor number three, the MMA guy. He goes, yeah, that we Diego, asked him about his Diego, yeah. Diego Lopez. I, when we asked him, gee, what's your philosophy on religion and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, man, he goes, I don't think there's anything out there. He goes, I'm I'm an atheist. I think that this is just one fucking random mistake. And, you know, after we die and that threw me into a fucking funk. Oh, really? Yeah. You think Diego knows something? <laughs> whoever whoever gets a hold of me last, I believe in. Like I go, if I talk to you on the phone, I believe in what you believe in. I'm very pliable. You know what I mean? It's really disturbing. I don't have many beliefs I hold on to. Like I'm like oh, and then my daughter got my daughter's super religious, and she said to me, um, she started telling me a story about uh, you know heaven and blah blah, and, and I listen to her and I go, you know, of course there's a creator. And, uh, you know, when she gets hold of me right away, I'm I'm super religious. Next thing I know, I'm doing the Kaddish for my dad. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I was praying and crying the other night. Wow. I said a prayer for him. And, uh, you know, wh- whoever gets a hold of me, I believe. I mean, so my- what did you think of after Diego said he was an atheist and there's nothing? This is an accident. I said he's what right. What happened? I got. I went. Oh fuck! Like everything's gonna go dark, and the movie's over. That's it. We're done. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, so, but then my my daughter brought me right back. She told me a story about twins in utero, connected to the umbilical cord, and they loved life. And their biggest fear in life was once they get, once they're cut from the umbilical cord and they leave the their mother's uterus, they're gonna die. And then the day they're born. They're like, oh, my God, look at where we are. They were outside the uterus. They were living their life, and they lived a, a great life outside. In other words, 
maybe we're we're about to be born when we die. There you go. So, I'll, you know, hey, that's a nice thought, I'm too. I'm glad you explained that to me because I didn't understand that story. <laughs> yeah, you still probably don't. I just I won't go through the whole thing, but it was good. Um, I don't worry about it. It's not, you know, no. like I didn't I don't know how I got here. I have no recollection of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you weren't here and then you'll be gone. And you'll never like that's it. Like you I mean, in other but words, the point is, Howard. I didn't think myself here. Yeah, but that's different. Now you're here. Now you have something I to think can't about. Can't think about what's gonna go on when I. I think it's already taken care of. Uh, since uh, that uh, was taken care of, I don't need to worry about it. Here's my dad on death. No, you don't meet nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe. Listen, that sometimes dying is a relief. It finishes the whole thing. You know, nobody knows the answers. The biggest minds in the world. There's no, not. Look, there's, a, there's a higher power. Yeah, but there's no personal God. Why do you go to temple? I mean, you you are a religious man. Why do you All go? Right, I'll tell you why. I go. If you don't believe there's a God, I was brought up in it. It's a it's a tradition, and I don't believe in a personal God because people are looking for something. What are you looking for? Right. And the only thing that you have if you think it's important you were given a place in earth and take care of this place which nobody takes care of anyway by the way my mother changed her tune you should hear her now you know now that's when they were healthy your father believes oh yeah she's like <laughs> i'm not going anywhere back then she was there's a higher power <laughs> one of my daughters is uh getting married next summer and uh i go mom you got to stay around. Come on. You got to be at the wedding. What are you talking about? You got to go to Ashley's wedding. I want you to get a dress and shoes. I'll get out of here. <laughs> I'm not going to that. I oh, hope dear. I'll be dead by then. Oh, no, she didn't say go, that. Oh, yeah. So she talks to me. I go, Mom, what are you doing? There's nothing out there. Oh, my God. You just, I go, you'll, you'll come to the wedding. I'm not going anywhere. I oh. won't even be alive, hopefully. She goes, hopefully. I asked the aide to pray for me to die. I go, Mom, then why am I sitting here running around trying to get you the COVID vaccine? I don't want it. Oh, that was last night's conversation. Uh. She doesn't have the new COVID vaccine yet. For some fucking weird reason. She got the flu shot. I go, Mom, I called some people. I'm going to, you got to go over and get the COVID. Ah, uh, can't they come here? I go, are you crazy? How am I going to get them there? How wait for them to come here. I go, Mom, please. Well, today she's going to the audiologist for the hearing aid. And I know well, she can't gonna... on the way they stop for a COVID shot. I know Beth and I talked over. She goes, that'll stress her right out because we'll oh. have to arrange times and forget that. We do. My mother does one thing a day and she does it under <laughs> protest. We're sit, I'm sitting there with her trying. I go, mom, when you go to the audiologist, what? To, the, the, when you go for the hearing aid, yeah, the hearing aid. I'm so nervous about going there. I don't know what it'll be. I go, Mom, there's no ramps there. Her office is uh, friendly. You'll go in and do me a favor. What? Just 
get the best technology there is. Don't cheap out. I'm, I'll pay for it. Just fucking get the best hearing aid. Don't you want to hear? Listen, hearing is important. That's right. Now you're making sense. <laughs> so when you go for a hearing aid, when my father was alive, I don't know what this guy was saving money for. He wouldn't get the best hearing aids. He couldn't hear a fucking thing. Stone cold death. He won't get knockoff and wonders why yeah, he can't yeah. hear anything. It's, it's a racket. What? <laughs> it's a racket. A racket? That's right. They keep every minute telling me they got a better hearing aid. They're trying to get money out of me. I go, uh, Dad, they are trying to get money out of you. But the fact remains, you're going to hear better. It's worth it. So they've upgraded the technology. No, no. But, but what about mom? She hears fine. I, no, she doesn't. She can't hear a fucking thing either. She doesn't need a hearing aid. I do, oh, and I just this Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. What was he saving the money for? I mean, <laughs> did he have some grand plan? I don't know, but boy, was I pissed when he died, and I found out he had all his money, and I'm like, why the fuck am I paying for everything? <laughs> For the last 30 years. Oh, uh, you don't even know. You don't know that. Well, actually, you do know because I, I actually <laughs> call you in confidence. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. And now, and I know she's going to go. I said, I even said to the aide, when she's there, please make sure she gets the top brand of whatever the fuck this woman recommends or the man or the audiologist. Yes. I go, Mom, I tell you what. And I shouldn't have brought it up. Beth told me not to. I said, Mom, you haven't gotten your COVID booster yet. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They're supposed to give it to us. I go, well, they're not giving it to you. We got to get you. They all. I tell you what they do for the old people. What do they do? You get in the car, you'll go. I'm not getting in the car. <laughs> Mom, you'll get in the car. You can sit in the car. They can boost you in the car. They can give you a shot. You'll be safe. I'll wait for it. I'll wait for them to come here. They're not coming here. Uh, they'll come in. <laughs> oh. 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 I, I also think you shouldn't be making everything so convenient. I think you should be getting her out of the car to walk to the listen, place. Listen, listen. I got it. I got it. I got a request for you. Uh, I'm going to give you a phone number, a secret phone number. You're going to be in touch with my mother. You see, you go do it. Go, good luck. I mean, the woman's out of control. You, you got to go to your granddaughter's wedding. I'm not going. The music's too loud. I can't. I have problems. Mom, you come for a half hour and say, I can't do it. <laughs> and I'll be dead. Oh, all right. You might live. That's the problem. I don't think so. What did she do when you told her about William Shatner? What did she say? What do you mean? You said you he's 91, you said? Uh, and you said, I, I showed my mother. He's going into space. You ought to yeah. be more like him. That was me, uh building it to a routine that I, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell her about you it. should she have that know. discussion with her. <laughs> she doesn't know William Shatner. Sometimes I exaggerate. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I, I spoke. Are you kidding? By going, Mom, I want to tell you about William Shatner. <laughs> what? William Shatner went into space. Who? Who is that? There's a guy from Star Trek. Star Trek? What's that? <laughs> Just, no, I. No. Are I any do... of her friends still alive? Uh, well, she's got a, her best friend was this woman, Lilith. Is this woman, Lilith? When I was there at my mom's on Saturday for the birthday party, the phone's ringing. Now I'm in the uh-huh. middle of the birthday party trying to hook up this device so she can hear. And I pick up the phone and it's Lilith. I was happy to speak to her. She was trying to call my mother, but she, know it's ridiculous. My mother, it's too hard for me to get on the phone. Uh. And, and my mother was in the bathroom when Lilith called. So that takes a half hour. Everyone had to clear out while my mother goes to the bathroom. Because she's got to put creams on and all kinds of shit goes on in there. I mean, it sounds horrible. Old age sounds, I mean, it sounds horrible because she's like, is the what cream are you using? <laughs> so he goes, this one, Mrs. Stern. I mean, it's, I don't know what goes on in that bathroom, but I clear out usually when that goes down. So I sent someone, I sent the kids and everyone in the other room to eat while she was doing her business right and then the phone rang and i'm talking to her friend lilith couldn't and, come um, to the party no no she lives she lives out of state very far oh, away I see. she moved to be with her kids and it's also sad you know it's just horrible and but i did tell her i didn't tell her about william shatner but i tell her about mrs weinstein my buddy uh lou oh my yes, college room yes. again. she's 103 i go mom <laughs> what I'm tired. I'm just telling you about uh, Mrs. Weinstein. How? Mrs. Weinstein, Louie's mother. How is she? She's 103. You're like a kid compared to her. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> I go, uh, Mrs. Weinstein's 103. And she's doing great. She lives on her own. She doesn't even have an aide. Is that right? She's doing good, huh? Like it doesn't even like it doesn't register. Right. Like, so what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good for her. Good for her. Hey, hmm. Well, maybe you? Uh, you know you don't think of these people visiting her like Mrs. Weinstein. Bring her over and. No, maybe this is Weinstein isn't looking to see my mother. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> Trust me. It wouldn't go well. I brought in people to see my mother. I brought in a knitting lady. The only ones who really get through to her, the nurse from hospice, Catherine and Melissa from, she's the social worker and they go uh-huh. over and they, and they, they don't take any shit from her. They told her, you're going to have a birthday party and you're going to like it. And she's like, I don't, I'm very nervous. They go, listen, you need family and you got to see them. Like they, they, they get through to her. Yeah. Like she gets, she's afraid of authority. She hears they're from hospice. She's afraid they, oh, they're going to, because she goes, they're going to kill me. I go, no, no, no. They, <laughs> they took the father away. I go, yeah, well, he was, uh, he was oh on his Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you better listen to them or they'll kill you too. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. No, she she respects them because they're from hospice. Right. They uh, must she, know what they're talking about. And they're really good with her. So they go over and they talk to her and it, it, it does boost her up.
the involvement is helping. Yeah, but you know, this all this sitting around and never seeing oh. anyone and never going to a different stimulation is very important. Yeah, well, listen. I need some stimulation. Never mind <laughs> I know. Her. I'm worried about you, too. <laughs> I know. What do you want, Ralph? Real quick, I'm in the middle of something. Yeah, quickly. Your, your dad was so right. Those hearing aids are such a fucking racket. They cost oh, thousands boy. of dollars. They sit there. I, I went with my mom. They sit there in the office with a bullshit audiologist, and they find well, that's what my, it. That's and, what and my dad you, thought. I got to tell you, I can't believe. Everything. I can't believe in this day and age. They haven't figured out a way to give people's hearing back. Okay, I get the blind thing. They can't, you know, I heard they were trying to make fake eyes that will, that will see. They were going to hook Stevie Wonder up or something. I heard some kind of crazy rumor about that. Stevie was already at this point like, fuck that. I'd rather just be blind. I'm used to that. But, uh, or I don't know. Well, not only that, you understand that your brain works in a certain way. Like, you don't hear from your ears. Right. It's your brain interpreting signals. When, yeah, when you lose that, you lose that. You can't get that back. Well, you know, you got to figure, you know, they have the cochlear implant for, for some deaf people. And you got to just figure like Apple or the, that level of scientists, they should be able to restore your hearing at this point. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, they, well, the this is ridiculous. The, the FDA laws just changed, so a lot of people, like anybody can make a hearing aid now, so Apple might start doing that. It used to be regulated by the FDA. I oh, know, I know way that. too much about hearing aids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Believe me, so do I. All right, I got to go. I see Andy Cohn's on the phone. I want to I want to clear things up with him. <laughs> All right, good. The big picture yeah. was the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't even know. Andy, I don't know what you heard, but I got no beef with you. Well, wait a minute. Let's introduce him. I got to tell you something. It sounds like you really do. I don't. Wait a minute. Wait. I want to put everything into context here. We're meeting the most important star of Sirius right now, Andy Cohen. No, I'm not even. Wait a second. I'm not even going to let you say that, Robin. Because Howard, you know who you sound like. There is only one person that would be this butt hurt about a photo, and it's Donald Trump. And you are so That's right. Donald it's Trump. very Trumpy. It's very Trumpy. It's Andy, so Trumpy, dude. Can I speak to you? Can I say something yeah. now? Everybody's had a chance to speak. Well, I haven't. Well, then go ahead. Then say what you say. What's on your mind? Well, I mean, it, here's the thing. I listened yesterday. Ha ha ha! Funny, funny, funny. Right. But in listening this morning, what you admitted today is that you actually have a problem with it being my photo. You name all these people at the company that you would be okay with it nah, being. I'm not the okay. Fact that it's my photo. This is what you said You're an right. hour ago. Okay. Okay. Listen, but I didn't know you went to law school. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but here's how I feel. It wasn't like. Oh, my God, what the fuck is Andy Cohn doing up there? It was like, what the fuck is my picture not doing up there? I mean, when Jennifer Witz, who runs this company, has a, a meeting for the whole company, it struck me as odd that of all the people who work at Sirius, including okay, myself. This is where you're getting into. This is where okay. you're getting into a problem. Now, all right. Let me say of everyone, it's me it, and that bothers you. No, it bothers me that it's not me. It's really weird that, you know, listen, Andy, if I was having an all-hands meeting at Bravo, 
I would be very shocked if Bravo, the head of Bravo, who's the head of Bravo? I don't know who it is. Who's who runs that joint? Francis Barrick. Okay. If Francis Beck, is that a man or a woman? Francis Barrick, it's a woman. All right. If Francis Barrick had a picture of me over her shoulder and not you, I would think it was weird. Andy Cohen, I, I could make an argument that he built Bravo into what it is today with the franchises he's brought and also his late night show. So I got no beef with Andy, but over here's at the Bravo. Thing. <laughs> right. At Sirius XM, I love that Andy's here. I welcome him here. I love having him on the show. But listen, at Sirius XM is the house Howard Stern built. Let's, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's it would have been well established. Yes, but it would have been nice for Jennifer to have a nice Howard Stern picture. Oh, my God. Like, right over her shoulder. I mean, How first did of that all, picture get there, Andy? Did you give her a picture of you? I don't know what photo it is. I don't I'll tell you exactly what it is. You know the photo. You know the one the where... You know the one, it's a Sirius XM poster for the Andy Cohn channel. And okay, you're kind of... So that's the photo she had up? Very it's a, I love that. It's full body with your... It's almost like, you, like, like you're like, hey, here I am. And like you got that big yeah. smile on your face. And it's almost yeah. like, you know, hi, I'm here. I'm Andy Cohn. And it's like... and <laughs> like bothers you. You are so annoyed by this. Yeah, so it was you standing on Jennifer's shoulder through a whole hour meeting. And yeah. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know, I love Andy. But, gee, it's weird seeing Jennifer's choice of picture that she puts over her shoulder for the meeting. So you're saying if it was Mad Dog, you would have been okay with that? No, I would have been That's upset. You said an hour ago. I did, I did. I was, I was blowing off some steam. I would have been upset if it was anyone uh, but but maybe someone not from Sirius XM. Maybe if it was like I said, Muhammad Ali, or uh, <laughs> you know, President. Any, um, anyone but me is what you're saying. No, I'm saying someone who didn't work at Sirius XM. I'm Sirius XM. Isn't? I the, think it was indicative like, of the company. Howard, isn't, isn't the hundreds of millions of dollars that you make a year respect enough? Isn't that? I, I have tons of respect from the company, but I want to tell you, sometimes when you're at a company a long time, they forget. Yeah. You know, oh when you'd go to school, Andy, when you were a child, it was always a picture of George Washington. Because George Washington really not only fought to create this country, he is the man who said, do not appoint me king. And that's why he was in a picture in our school. Now, I don't even think they have pictures of George Washington in the school anymore. They don't. They don't honor this man. You want to remind people that you are the king. We remember. I just think it would have been nice. You admit it. You got to be a little bit shocked that Jennifer Witz puts your picture over her shoulder. I first of all, I didn't see this. I found out about it from you. But right. you know what? I have two channels here at Sirius XM. I, right. I'm in the building. I'm you know the last couple <laughs> years. So, I don't know. Maybe she'll be around. Uh, on the phone with us, Andy, is Jennifer Witz. Oh. Yes, Miss Witz. Yeah. Andy, sweetheart, let me handle Stern, all right? Hey, Howard, I got a picture of you, all right? I'm going to hang it up right now. <laughs> Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 
Ouch. Ouch. She dropped the picture. Wow. Okay. I was going to oh. say, what happened to the picture, Jennifer? <laughs> on, our, on our phone is Honest Andy Cohn and wants to tell the truth. Yes, Honest Andy Cohn. What can I do for you? Howard. Oh, my, first of all, you're being very Trumpy, like really, really Trumpy. <laughs> let's, no, let's be honest. Maybe spend like less time in your basement, okay? And Jennifer will hang a photo of you. I'm in the building, okay? I'm there every day. I have two channels, all right? Well, you, uh, honest Andy Cohn, you sound exactly like the real Andy Cohn. Yeah, I don't know. Where's the parody? Yeah, yeah, where's the joke? The fuck off my phone. I I was thinking that. Yeah, like he, he just mouthed everything you said. Yeah, honest exactly. Andy Cohn needs a writer. Honest Andy. It turns out Andy was being honest. <laughs> honest Andy Cohn needs to go back and write some comedy. <laughs> now, Howard, uh, also, I yeah. will say, it is Cohen. It is my last name is Cohen. Right. C O H E N. Not Cone. You keep calling me Not Cone. Cone. Thank you. Cone. Robin has yeah. Robin has been through this with you a number of times. I said Andy Cohen. No, you you went Cone. Andy Thank Cone. You. Oh. Well, like, listen, I'm I'm annoyed right now. <laughs> hey, by the way, Andy, on another topic, I will compliment the hell out of you. You're doing a beautiful job with the first two Beverly Hills reunions. Now you're on to it. You're doing great. Thanks. It's the most I was entertaining. Ask you now, Kathy Hilton shows up tomorrow night. I was gonna. I was gonna write you. What is happening to that franchise? It sounds like it's blowing up. Like you won't have anybody's uh, there. (laughs) I know, Andy. Yeah, you know it's funny. Lisa Rana and Erica Jane are. You know, as much as I don't like them, they're hitting it out of the park because they're keeping the show interesting. Right. Uh, What do you? I think I know who you're going to get rid of. Who do you on the cast? Uh, what is her name? Crystal, the uh, Asian woman. Oh, you think we're okay? I think she's actually very pretty. Yeah. Um, and the only one who doesn't look like she's plastic surgeryed out of her mind, but uh, she, <laughs> although she is kind of interesting in the fact that she accuses people of stuff that hasn't happened. <laughs> um, she's a real weirdo. And I love watching her husband. He's more entertaining than her, and I won't get into it. Uh, Rob. Wow. What an interesting couple they are. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, the show's fantastic, and you're handling the reunion fantastic. Thank you, Howard. And and then that whole PK and Dorit, that's a trip. Man, the the casting is fantastic, and that's another couple you got to watch. And then that Maurizio character, and... He he looks like a guy who's just got to get away from Kyle. I mean, hey, he, he, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I, I got a whole theory on those two. I mean, it's fantastic. And you are handling the, the actions fantastically. So I compliment you on that. And listen, I'm a fan hey, Howard, maybe Jennifer Witt saw me do part one of the reunion and she threw a photo up. But maybe she was hey, feeling the... Uh, I'll tell you what, when a CEO, you know, when the head of the company makes a statement, uh, not a verbal statement, but an endorsement where out of all the personalities at SiriusXM, out of all the photographs in her her life that she could put over her shoulder, 
And she chooses Andy Cohen. <laughs> uh, honestly, oh you couldn't Howard get a bigger. So you, He's not you couldn't. Be. You could. The woman couldn't give you a bigger endorsement. I got to tell you, she sat there. She knew what was on the screen. Wow, she really did. Well, you know, we. I. I don't know. We just worked up a new deal. Maybe it's on her mind. Oh, did you get a new deal here? Yeah. Maybe that was it, that she had I just finished so, negotiating uh, with him. Yes. And she was trying to make him feel welcome and good in the company. Yes. So she had his picture up there. She forgot. Uh, how right. much money do they pay you? I'm curious. <laughs> you know what? Uh, just uh, just a, a, a shit ton. Really? Did you get a raise? I'm asking. Did I get a raise? I did get a raise. I did. Mm. Was it, Did it substantial? Come with more work? <laughs> no, was it Same substantial? Work, two channels. Um, it, you know what? I'm very happy. Very happy. Hmm. Wonder what the fuck they're paying Andy. I'll get to the well, bottom. I can uh, find out. I'm gonna look into this. I don't know. This. I have no idea what anybody gets paid around here. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm going to do some investigating because uh, obviously Jennifer's out. quite, yeah, you know, she's quite taken with Andy. I mean, out of all the pictures in her office. Now, now, mind you, she did. She didn't even there have to no have a picture. Pictures. Yeah. No, there was like books on her bookshelf and little tchotchkes. And all of a I sudden, when you were talking about it, I thought because she and I had done some interview like a year ago for one of these company meetings. And I thought, oh, it must be a picture of she and I. No. But the fact that it's a promotional picture for me, that uh, I'm surprised to hear that. Hey, Andy, do I'm you want to give do you want to give the character honest, Andy, another shot? He's freaking out that he didn't nail. <laughs> yeah, OK, it. yeah, let's see. Okay. Let's, okay. let's see. Let's see. I don't land the plane, honest, Andy. On uh, on the phone with us now is honest, Andy Cohen. Hi, honest, Andy. All right. Let's be honest. You're a fucking loser, okay? That's why no one likes you. You're a fucking narcissist. All the therapy has never worked, and you're a fucking <laughs> whiny baby. And you want to know how much money I make? I make way too much fucking money for what I do. I have two fucking channels. I'm here like two hours a day, and I make a ton of fucking money, okay? I love it. You're a fucking baby, and believe me, I know about babies. I have two of them, whatever their names are, girl baby and boy baby, and I fucking love it. And I Honest Andy, you. you don't know your kids' I names? I love Honest Andy. No, I don't yeah. care about the fucking names. I call them girl baby and boy baby, and boy baby getting a little old and a little annoying. Not a huge wow. fan. Girl wow. baby, still okay. Look, I'm taking your fucking studio. That's why I sneak in there. I fucking sit on your chair. I fucking sniff your seat. You're fucking old. Honest Andy. What? Honest Andy, have you ever personally changed your kids' diapers, or do you have someone you hired to do that? I have, listen, I have been with those kids for like three or four hours. I'm a great fucking dad, and I know what I'm doing. How fucking dare you? You go way too far, but you're also old and fucking irrelevant. So 
fucking deal wow. with that. All right, fucking there he is. That, that was I good. Never, Honest, I Andy. I never yes. been. Robin, I'm fucking coming for your job, too. You're <laughs> fucking Lewis. Sitting in your fucking uh, chair. Okay. okay, all right. You're, all right, you redeemed yourself, Honest <laughs> Andy. Oh, Me too. I love oh, Honest Handle. Oh, my God. This is the best. <laughs> listen, listen to Kiki Lounge. It's the worst, I mean, best channel on the fucking serious dial. Fuck all of you. Fuck all right. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we gave him another chance. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was good. Wow. Honest Andy Cohn. That's a keeper. I like him. Wow. Um, listen, Andy. Thanks for I taking my you. call, Howard. All right, Andy. Good speaking with you, and uh, God bless. Say I hi feel to the a kids. A little more complete. I still, I still know that it, it, it does bother you that it was me because it, you no, it was times. weird. That if it, it was, was weird, anyone else, you would have been fine with it. So no, no, no. I would not be fine. I told you it should have been like like if Jennifer Witz had a personal hero. Let's say it's um. Uh, like, like now she's a woman running a company. There's so few women running a company. So, uh, you know, like maybe it's a uh, AO, not AOC. Uh, what, 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 Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Nancy Pelosi. So, yeah. Nancy Pelosi. That I get. Andy Cohen. <laughs> Cohen is on, on over her shoulder at a serious XM meeting. Really? Okay. Great. Okay. Great. I get honest Andy on the phone again. <laughs> I love you, Andy. Have a great day. I love Beverly. I love this man. Bye, Thank you, Andy. Andy. Take care, Bye. Andy. I love when he calls in. That's Andy Cohen. Well, I'm glad you two got to talk because yeah. I thought you were going to write him a little note yesterday. Did you not do that? A note. I'm busy with my mother. You think I got time with a note? <laughs> I don't have any life left. I can't go on like this. Hey, you know, not only was I making... um. A match for Drew Barrymore yesterday. I, I I was so sort of excited about this idea of matchmaking. And, you know, Drew Barrymore was saying we should do this for more people. We should get people together. And, you know, I said that's a nice thought. So um, I was thinking, you know, Drew Barrymore isn't the only one looking for love, right? And so uh, I tried playing matchmaker for two of our whack packers, but it was a disaster. It was horrible when, you know, it wasn't like Clark and Drew. This was a complete opposite. You know, Robin, I'm sure you you remember, but for the rest of the, the, the audience, uh, Gary the Conqueror and Wendy the Slow Adult are the Ross and Rachel of our whack pack. Yes. Um, their relationship has had so many peaks and valleys. Now, I'm going back to 2003. Wendy and Gary went on a bowling date and they really hit it off. And I call this the, you know, this is the Gary and Wendy honeymoon period. And uh, here they are. Here they are bowling. I think they made out and stuff. Here, here they are. I like Wendy. She's a sweetheart. And she knows how to kiss the guy. Me and Gary Ooh. in the future will probably get married and probably have kids. Yeah. Wow. It started off so beautifully. Wendy's voice was really different 100,000 Mountain Dews ago. <laughs> uh, I really was thinking that was an impression. She used to sound that sweet. Yeah. They both sounded so sweet. And there really was kind of like, I, th I thought it was sweet that they liked each other yeah. so much. And then, um, but over time, the relationship took a turn for the worst. This is literally three years later. I put together a montage of Wendy and Gary arguing during an advice show we gave them. 
They fought like an old married couple. Remember we gave them a show together? Yeah. All of a sudden, they hated each other, and it went horribly wrong. Uh, when you're in the room, uh, all you have to do is turn your fan or air conditioner on. You won't hear the fart noise, and it won't smell. You don't turn on the fan when you have fights and your pussy. Girls don't have fights and your pussy, you bitch. Oh, shut the F up, you fucking moron. You don't know jack shit. Oh, Jack, you don't know you come out there and kick your goddamn ass, you freaking moron. When you're on your period, when you have diarrhea, you use the pad so you don't diarrhea all over yourself. And you don't get diarrhea in your vagina because you can get sick. I don't get diarrhea. I don't get diarrhea in my vagina, you asshole. You have a vagina, bitch. You know what? You can hit. Shut up, you motherfucking bitch. Go wash your vagina, you bitch. I do wash my vagina. I don't believe in that shit, you bitch. Fuck off. No. Fuck the both <laughs> It's a shame they fought. Their advice was actually helpful. Oh. I enjoyed the show, but. So, uh, anyway, uh, getting back to the idea of sort of maybe bringing them together, Gary recently reached out to Sal. Gary the Conqueror reached out to Sal because he desperately wants a girlfriend. You know, uh, he'd like love. And he explained to Sal what he was looking for in a relationship. And I, you know, I, I, I took notes. I need a girlfriend, Sal. I want a girl with sex with me. Yeah. I want to have sex with me. I need to be pretty. I don't want to have any girls. Are you going to find me a girlfriend? I'll do my best. I have somebody in mind, and uh, I think it might work, okay? I will kick your ass, motherfuckers. I mean it. Bye. He's become very angry. Like, here Sal says, hey, I have someone in mind. He's like, okay, motherfucker, you know. Yeah, but he's also saying, Um, if you don't do this, I'll kick your ass. You know, this is threatening. (laughs) And he wants uh, a pretty girl, one with big boobs. And we'll have sex with him. Yeah. These are the and, three must-haves. <laughs> and I'll tell you must what. Must-haves, yeah. I'm looking for the same things in a woman. So, <laughs> slow adult or no you slow and Gary adult. Gary could be friends. You have a lot in Oh, go. yeah. He's a man. <laughs> so, of course, we searched far and wide. And every road led back to Wendy. Because okay. they are the perfect match. They both love bowling. Think about it. They love watching TV. And most importantly, they're both kind of slow so yes you know so we contacted wendy and wendy told us she was in fact willing to rekindle the relationship with gary and we knew gary might be resistant to the idea so sal organized a surprise reunion between them over zoom to kind of just you know get things going break the and, ice as they yeah say. and yes wendy's so sweet she was willing to try again she wants love but but, but as soon as uh well you, you can imagine what happened it didn't go well oh dear you know and wendy even told sal she described gary as the one that got away <gasps> wow yeah. yeah yeah so here's so we get them on zoom and then wendy uh and then gary sees us you know <laughs> Gary, as we know, you've been looking for love for quite some time, right? You want a girlfriend? Yes, I have, and I can't be able to find one. Well, today is your lucky day. We found someone that has a lot in common with you, who likes you very much. Who has? Who is a, it? She has a great history with you. Where's she at? On the count of one, 
two, three. Hello, and we're here. Hey, yeah. Gary. Hey. Oh no. What's up, Gary? Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> Sounds like you. Just got a terminal cancer diagnosis. When they told you about your cancer, you didn't sound that shook up. I wasn't that disappointed. No, yeah, he's <laughs> as disappointed as you can be. And I love Wendy. She did her best to bond with Gary, but things went downhill rapidly when uh, Wendy revealed she recently grew a beard. That's not a good thing to tell him. <laughs> Listen to this. Well, how have you been doing? What have you been doing lately? Working, I got my job back. What have you been up to? Uh, I I had a bath. My mom helped me bath, and my mom helped me shave. I had a beard. Yeah, what? I had a beard. Uh, my mom helped me shave. Are you not? Are you sick? No. Okay, why are you growing a beard for? I've never seen a woman with the beard. Well, I was growing a beard because I want to see what it felt like to be a man. Gosh, I would not for a beard. Uh, Gary, will you like to uh, kiss a woman with with a beard? No, go away. Go away. <laughs> Sounds like my dad talking to me. Go away. So there you go. It was horrible. I mean, it, it, it even gets worse if Jerry's you want to hear. Jerry's not open at all to any of this. No. He he's right away. Oh, Wendy's no. a sweetheart. Wendy's a sweetheart. It, he's lonely. Why not have a friend at least? Yeah, exactly. Wendy was like Wendy was able to get things back on track. They discussed going to Disney together, which would okay. be fun. All right. And, and Gary seemed completely smitten with the idea until Wendy mentioned that she wears diapers. <laughs> and this is where Gary went out. He doesn't even want to. He doesn't want to be friends. He. I mean. It would be so nice if the two we you know we could have sent them to Disney. Yeah. Listen, Gary, will you like to go to Disney World with me? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to sleep in my bed or do you want to sleep in another bed? It's up to you. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Gary, will you like to sleep with me? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. What would you do? I would probably uh, crank the TV up and watch some cartoons. <laughs> Is that the only thing you can do? Will you be naked there or will you be in your pajamas? I'm in my pajama <coughs> If I don't wear a diaper, I'll poop in the bed, Gary. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing this to me, Sal? I'm trying to create a love connection. You, you... I know, but I thought it'd be somebody totally different. I don't like going to wear really diapers and stuff. No. Uh-uh. No. No. I mean, I don't wear no diaper. Maybe you can find me somebody else, hopefully soon. So, Gary, there's no love connection here today? Uh -uh. No, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead set. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Was, yeah. was Wendy upset by this rejection? Oh, Wendy was not pleased with what Gary had to say to Sal. <laughs> uh, the day quickly went downhill. I'll give you another clip. Here you go. Gary, uh, I just want to say that, that was not polite. You know, I had... I don't like a woman wearing diapers that don't turn me on. Well, you know, some people cannot help wearing diapers. They have bladder problems, Gary. I don't. You don't see me wearing a fucking diaper. 
You no. don't know that, Gary. It could happen one day. <laughs> it's not going to happen to me. Nope. Uh-uh. No way. Oh, yeah, Gary. I got somebody that I could date. His name Go is Josh Ed. Go ahead. Go ahead. He donated Go over a thousand dollars to me. Fuck you. Got... Yeah, I'm done with this. I'm going to run your ugly ass over my wheelchair, bitch. Fuck you. I don't need a wheelchair, bitch. You know what? I can get my student when you find the ass open, bitch. Shut the fuck up, you wuss-ass, push-ass freak. Shut the fuck up, you wuss-ass, push-ass cunt. Use my phone, nothing, you bitch. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> They're clearly soulmates. Um, <laughs> that is the funniest line I've ever heard Gary say. Lose my phone number, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i think they're you know you know when you see the police called in all the time on you know domestic <laughs> <laughs> arguments with yes. neighbors could you imagine the two of them living together oh oh my goodness even in disney world it would have been a disaster can you oh imagine my God. if you had just gone ahead with the with the the trip and not had the conversation about the diaper Oh, like they a, would have had to call the the Mouseketeer police on them. Yeah, if there is such a thing. The only <laughs> thing worse than Wendy wearing a diaper is Wendy not wearing a diaper. So, well, know. that's what she said. I'll poop in the bed. <laughs> and yeah. That's when he lost <laughs> it completely. Yeah. But the best also was that Wendy says, "I'll run you over with my wheelchair," and Gary says, "I don't need a wheelchair." I'll run you over with my scooter. <laughs> <laughs> the best argument ever. Memo to uh, Jennifer Witch. You're not going to hear bits like that on Andy's show. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, listen. That's the way it goes. Well, it uh, goes. Gary seems to think we can pull a rabbit out of our hat and find him a girlfriend. Yep. Maybe we will. You never know. But I always think Wendy's the best match. I I just think those two, I don't know what happened. Well, is Gary going to be your next dial a day? <laughs> no. Listen. <laughs> I'm sure that they say there's someone for everyone. So we'll see. Let me take a few phone You know what? Let me go uh, take this little break. I'm going to pee. And then I see everyone is on the phone. I'll buzz through a bunch of phone calls. And uh, we'll call it a day. I'm reading something online from like a legitimate news source. Or so I thought, and and I didn't. Mean, it was like basically the story was if you take a nap every day, you know, if you're one of these people who naps, you're going to have a shorter life. That it's bad for your health. Now I'm a napper. I take a nap every day after the show yesterday after i don't know after the dating game i napped for an hour and a half i was unconscious i was like <laughs> i love a nap i eat and uh, i love to sleep on a full stomach i eat my lunch and i go right in nap time well then you're doing it all wrong you're not supposed to sleep on a full stomach are yeah you? i guess not uh, who the fuck knows i just thought napping would be good for you i thought napping was good i've always read that uh Taking that little nap in the middle little of the snooze. day can revive you for the rest of your day. All of that stuff. I used to be like I used to read when I was a young man. I had energy. I'd read about these countries that had siestas, and I went, "No yeah. wonder they have no they have no uh, gross national product or whatever." You know, whatever. 
No wonder the country's falling apart. Siesta. You got to work. But now I take a siesta. I, I got to. I don't have to. I, You've I, I, always I, siestaed, haven't you? Yeah, well, no, I don't remember siestaing when I was younger, but. No, I you mean, know, once you started meditating, wasn't. Yeah. You, know, you might as well call that a siesta. You're taking a break in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, my parents were into big time siesta. Like they. <laughs> <laughs> they do one thing and they're sleeping. Um, but, um,. Yeah, I read an article. I, th- I wish I had the article in front of me. It seemed to be from a legitimate news source. I did read it online. It said napping is bad for you. You know, every day you read something else. It's crazy. But Well, I think I'd look for further study there because I've read for years that uh, people were recommending naps to people. There was a... You see what's going... Have you watched uh, Netflix Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer? They, they I've been trying. It's just so disturbing to me. I have to take a break and then I go back. Yes. I won't watch it. I mean, I know it's the number one show on Netflix. It's a series on Jeffrey Dahmer, the guy who was a serial killer. And what he would do is he would eat people. He would eat them. He put he them in the refrigerator. Whole, uh, body parts stored in his refrigerator. No. The place stunk to high heaven. How he got away with that for so long. I don't even know. And I don't know, like, what's with me, but. I don't want to reward that sick fucker with even like sort of watching a show about him, but you know. Well, you can't reward know. him. He's dead. Yeah, but I don't even want to. I don't know. It just seems like a very gory topic that I wouldn't be into. But um, thanks to the well, new Netflix to me, series, well, yeah. No, I was going to tell me, you they're like they're like vampires. You know, it's like a character, like serial oh. killers. I'm fascinated by them. But except it really happened. I mean, people lost their lives to this lunatic. And Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there's a whole new generation of people learning about uh, the 17 people that Jeffrey Dahmer killed. And some of these people seem to be taking his side because the guys gave me a montage of what what what's on TikTok. And what? people are like, they love Jeffrey Dahmer, and they're kind of empathizing with it. I mean, I don't know what, this country's gotten completely nuts. Yeah. Since the internet, you're starting to become aware of how stupid we are. I listen to this fucking dumb montage. I love Dahmer. Is there something wrong with me because I high-key felt bad for Jeffrey Dahmer? What if I told you that serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer became a Christian while he was in prison and went to heaven when he died? Everybody gets stuck on the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer liked to nom-nom on his victims. When they killed Jeffrey, I was, like, literally teary-eyed. Like, I got teary-eyed. I'm looking at my boyfriend like, oh, my God, like, please don't tell me they kill him. Don't tell me he died. I now see Jeffrey Dahmer as a brother in Christ and think it's a great testimony to show that no one is too far gone for Jesus to save them. Jeffrey Dahmer was not a demon, a monster, or a terrible person. He was a hurt individual who did not know how to properly process his emotions. And for those reasons, I will now and forever say that Jeffrey Dahmer is not a piece of shit. He's just a broken man. A broken man who never got help and never learned how to deal with his problems. So he took it a little bit too far. Maybe Jennifer Witch should put his photo behind her. Everybody seems uh, to... Uh, it sounds like he could re- be your replacement. He's a big star now. Got a lot of sympathy out there I mean, the audience. What is it? You eat a few people and all of a sudden everyone <laughs> hates you. I mean, Jeffrey, do you imagine there's one person in America, let alone a montage of people who feel empathy for Jeffrey Dahmer? What about his victims? There's people not alive anymore and we're eaten by this fool. Yeah, I was reading a little caption of uh, one of the relatives of one of his victims, and she said she, you know, she doesn't want to live through this. She she hates 
that Dahmer is the biggest show on Netflix right now. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you know what it reminds me of? I talk about this with you all the time. You see somebody who commits a horrible crime, like the uh, Boston bombings when the Mar Boston Marathon was going on. They blew up people and people lost their feet and they lost their lives. And then, you know, they put these guys in a suit. All of a sudden, everyone feels bad for them. And that's like with Dahmer. They, they you know, people people feel if bad you're around, for you. people will start to feel bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's well, we wrong with our... we just have an example of that. There was a kid who just got sent, you know, he was found guilty of shooting up a bunch of people. I forget exactly which shooting it was, There's but so he many. shot up a bunch of people. I think 17 people got killed or whatever. And they had a jury deciding whether he should get the death penalty or life in prison without the possibility of parole. And, of course, during the trial, they concentrated on his bad childhood, his, mm -hmm. you know, whatever happened to him when he was growing up. So, uh, you know, they they had to have the jury unanimously convict him of every crime with the death penalty in order for him to get the death penalty. And they just couldn't do it because of the right. extenuating circumstances. That's what I mean. It's very fucked up. I mean, they, 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 I saw a report on the news. Dahmer has a higher approval rating than Biden. It's unbelievable. <laughs> People don't appreciate anything. Amazing. I mean, and you see, like John Hinckley, who shot President Reagan. I think if, if Dahmer was alive, he and John Hinckley would be in concert together. You could go see them on tour. I mean, that's how crazy it gets. Let's go to Jamie, who wants to say hi uh, from Nevada. Hi, Jamie. Hi. I came home early one day, and I found my roommate on my couch, laying there with a dildo of her vagina. Mm. And I screamed to the top of my lungs, why are you masturbating in the living room? And she's like, I'm not masturbating. I'm just scratching an itch that I have on a vaginal yeast infection. Oh. And I was all grossed out, and I'm like, shouldn't you be taking care of that at the pharmacy? And she's like, I can't walk around the pharmacy with this itch. And I was so mad at her because she kept pushing that thing up and down while I'm talking to her, and she's like, oh, it itches. And I was so mad at her that I snapped the picture, and I sent it to her boyfriend. And I said, here's your girlfriend scratching an itch that she has from a vaginal yeast infection. And she's scratching it with a dildo. And uh, <laughs> he broke up with her. And um, I moved out of the house and got my own place. And I sold her the couch that she was masturbating or scratching on. And uh, he started going out with me. And we went out for four months. And we didn't have sex or talked about sex or anything. But one day I was at his house and um, we were kissing, we got horny, the clothes came off, he got the condoms out, we were going to have sex. But then I looked at his penis and I was really disappointed because he was not circumcised. And um, I was thinking all the germs hiding in the skin and the fat, the, the little tip of the penis looked like that stuff that hangs on the turkey's face, like a worm. 
and I was just disappointed about the whole thing. And, and then I looked further down, and I noticed that he had three testicles. And it wasn't like uh, was one hitting behind the other two. It was three in a row. So I said to him, hey, dude, you got three testicles, huh? And he said, yes, and I want you to suck in really hard. I want you to make me scream. I want you to make me cry. And I want you to then dress them up in these clothes. And he shows me this little jacket, this little pair of pants, this <laughs> little blouse, dog clothes to buy in the store for a dog. And I, 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 he goes, then I want you to dance and sing for them. And I, and, and then I'm going to get really hard, he says, and I'm, you're going to have the best sex in your life. And I said to myself, this is a very sick puppy. I'm out of here. So I took my underwear and I threw it in my purse. I didn't even want to waste time putting it on. And I was out of there. And as I'm leaving, he's like, are you leaving? Are you going? And I'm well. like, I'm like, yeah, does the bear shit in the woods? <laughs> so <laughs> I I left and I called a friend of mine to tell her how my day was going. And she was, it was, things were getting awkward by the minute. Because I called her up and she says, I can't, I can't talk right now. And, and I said to her, well, I didn't want to tell her on the phone what happened. So I asked her if she wanted to go and get a bite to eat, uh, get a drink. And she says, I can't get out of the house right now. I just can't get out. I'm writing stuff all over the place. My creative juices are flowing. So I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I'm writing things all over. So I'm like, what kind of stuff are you writing? So she's like, let me read to you something I just wrote. So she says, I wrote about this vampire who's in the garbage can looking for something to eat. And he finds a feminine tampon. And he goes home and makes a cup of tea with it and puts a stick of cinnamon in it and tastes it and says, cinnamon cherry, my favorite. So I'm like, well, that's what you wrote about? <laughs> so I just decided to go home and call it a night. So I go home and um, I kick off my shoes and uh, my sister's playing the piano, so I'm listening to her play and I'm sorting through my mail. And I look up and I see my sister's boyfriend standing in the doorway and he signals me not to let her know that he's standing there. And so my sister's playing and all of a sudden she stops and she farts and she goes, oh, what a relief. And um, I didn't even look at him and didn't even acknowledge nothing. So then she keeps playing and she goes and fart again and she goes, what a relief. And he's on the floor laughing, belly laughing. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I just don't want to deal with this. It's been an awkward day. So Listen she fart again. She does it again. She turns around and then she's like, how long have you been there? And he's like, since the first relief. So... <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to quit. The day has been awkward and terrible. So I just went upstairs, took a bubble bath, and masturbated, thinking about how we're masturbating. That's how I get off. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, this is a lot to unpack. Uh, I got a yes. couple of thoughts about you. 
Uh, first of all, I want you to induct me into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, number one. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, ma'am, you need your own channel. It's serious. I can see your picture hanging over Jennifer Witz's shoulder at a meeting. Uh, this is unbelievable. What was the question again? All right, never mind that. I uh, First of all, uh, I recognize the voice. Are you J-Lo? <laughs> No, no. She looks like uh, Jocelyn Sanchez from Fantasy Island. She plays the niece of Ricardo Montalban. Oh, well, you sound like you're a good-looking woman uh, based on that description. I met you. I met you once. You were visiting Arizona, and uh, you were coming with your bodyguards, and I talked under the bush because I thought you guys were going to run me over. And they looked at me. When were you in Arizona running her down? (laughs) I don't know. This was a long time ago. Howard was a single man. Oh, really? A long time ago. I don't know. Honey, so let me understand. So you look like that little guy on Fantasy Island? What's his name? I look like. Herve Villages? Yeah, you look like Tattoo? No, Jocelyn Sanchez. Oh, Jocelyn Sanchez. Well, uh, I tell you, you got—I yeah. I don't know who you are, but I want to buy the rights to this story you just told. It's an unbelievable story. I mean, starting with the roommate, and she's b- b- masturbating with a vibrator, but she had a yeast infection. And the next—I mean, what a saga! It sounds like an amazing life. Oh, your roommate's on the phone. She says you're. Uh, she wants to refute your story. Yes, yes, ma'am. You are Jamie's roommate. I mean, what is all this to say with it? I have a yeast infection. You know this. I know see the master bay with a dildo. What is this bullshit you say to me? I have so much yeast. I'm making a sourdough bread down there. You know this. It's easy. It's easy. You know that you stay out of my business. You stay out of my business. I stop telling this story. The guy four, five, three, four, eight days ago. You gotta beat it like a bongo so he come. That's ridiculous. That's all right. Ridiculous. Well, listen. Okay. Okay. About that is that. While I was talking to her, she kept pushing that thing and going, "Oh, it itches," and. I'm going to throw up from your roommate. Okay, listen, I got to tell you something. This is unbelievable. And then you ended up making love. There's a lot of people with a little weirdness going on in her life. I can't believe that everywhere she went, weird stuff was happening. It was an awful day. No, okay, I Jamie, gotta go. You guys. Have a good day. We all gotta go. Thank you, Jamie. Jamie <laughs> Jesus okay, Christ, bye-bye. it's some story. I mean, what, I, I didn't hear a question. I just heard. No, she just wanted to unload. She couldn't. Everybody she tried to talk to about it was having their own weird day. You know, woman writing about a vampire who sucks on a tampon. You know, it was just crazy. And crazy. <laughs> she she knows a lot of crazy people. <laughs> um. Oh, so anyway, getting back to Dahmer. Now, they say the number one Halloween costume is Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. It's so popular that eBay is removing listings for violating their violence and violent criminal policy. And what is a Jeffrey Dahmer? What is it? Glasses and an orange jumpsuit? What's it? Yeah, I I don't know how you different. You know, he was an ordinary looking guy. Wasn't like he was Michael Myers. Isn't it is? Tan Mom is conducting a live stream seance to contact Jeffrey Dahmer on Halloween. Oh, well, what yeah. do you imagine he's going to say to Tan Mom? Of course, uh, Adam Barta is involved, her of business course, partner. Of course. Yeah. 
And Jeffrey yeah. will turn out to be a very nice guy, according to Tan Mom, because he talked to her. This is the greatest thing. I'm looking at the, they've made some sort of poster, except they spelled Dahmer wrong. Uh, they spelled it D-H-D-H-A-M-E-R. It's D-A-H-M-E-R. Yes. Or whatever. Well, maybe they're talking to another guy, not Jeffrey Dahmer. They're talking to the D-H-A-M-E-R guy. Yeah. I don't know. D-H-A-M-E-R. Tam Mom's attempt to contact Dahmer. Ew. They didn't, they didn't even check the spelling. Has she contacted anybody before? It's the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> Tam Mom has a hard that? enough time communicating with the living. Never mind the dead. <laughs> And is there anything we really need to hear from Jeffrey Dahmer about? I mean, I think we've heard it all, right? I mean, well, I again, I on. think she's going to think he's a nice guy because he's talking to her. Yep. Oh, this is funny. I'll leave you with this. So earlier in the year, we had on Chris Mad Dog Russo. Chris Mad Dog Russo, he has a channel here at Sirius. He's a sports guy. Yeah. He's a character. I love when he comes on the show. And when he was on our show, he disclosed to me that he's making $10,000 an appearance on First Take on ESPN. He's on a sports television yeah. show on ESPN, and he's making 10000 an appearance. So Chris went on the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, and he revealed that it didn't go over well with ESPN that he revealed his salary. I thought this was funny. You have to hear this. This is Chris on um, this show talking about revealing his salary. Did us. you get in trouble or did you get your wrist slapped when you revealed your salary on Howard? Um, somebody from ESPN um, uh, sent a text to my agent with two words. Not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. That would get me in trouble, too, but what the hell? Mm -hmm. All right. No, I did, yeah, I did say that. But yeah, I probably got... See, that's another thing. If you go on with Howard, isn't the idea to move the... He puts you on for an hour and 15 minutes. You got to right. give him something. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go break, break down my sex life or anything like that. I got to give him something that's meaty. Right. And that is meaty. He loves that stuff. That's yeah. why I did it. But not it helpful. is accurate. That figure was accurate, by the way. There you go. That was fantastic. All right, let's leave the last word from Tennessee. Melinda's on the phone. Hey, Melinda, what up? Hey, hey now, Howard. Hey, Robin. Hey now. Hey now. Good morning. Hey, hey I just wanted to call to Howard to tell you specifically that I'm so hey sorry about your father. Thank you. And listening to that clip about him, I'm in total agreement. I think that we are eternal beings and that we were sent to this earth to be stewards, not only to the earth, but to one another. And I was totally rooting for bachelor number three. Wait a second. My dad didn't idiot. say that. He, he he said just the opposite. He said nothing happens when you die. No, I, but in the clip you played, I thought he said that we were sent to take care of the earth, but we weren't even doing that. Well, he doesn't say we were sent. He's just saying the only thing we have is the earth, and we don't even take care of that. Oh, well, I, did, I still agree. I still think that we are eternal beings and that your father's spirit was set loose from hmm. the shackles that we have on this earth. And that you I will think my father said him. we're not eternal beings, that after you die, it is nothing. But she agrees with him. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I agree but, with what know. I thought he said. I agree with what All he right. thought. He you said. agree with what you thought my father said. Yeah, let's leave and it I'm, at that. And I am so sincerely sorry about your loss. I also want to say Thank I love you. the Drew dating sh dating show. 
I like and love with her even more than I used to be. Robin's my I want you to play the um Me Too phony phone call with Robin, if you would for me, like where the guy gets into it. That's my favorite one. My favorite whack packer is Tan Mom and shout out to Lori and my son Bruce. It's his birthday today. And y'all have All right. a great day. All right, All Melinda. Right. Shot out of a can. A lot a lot to unpack there too. A lot to unpack there, too. Yeah, Josh, go ahead. I'll take a couple more. So many people on the phone. Yeah, yeah, Josh in Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Hey, Howard. First time, long time. Just wanted to say that lady you just had on should definitely be inducted into the whack pack. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> Let's get her number. Unbelievable. That, I mean, she's awesome. Yes, RT in New York. What's up? Yo, what up? RT in the house. What's up, Howard? My dude. What's up, Pippin? Hey. Hello? Yes. Yo, yo, dude. Yo, uh, I was going to say that I think, uh, you know, those games with, like, people cheating so much, like, at cards and chess. I got a feeling Robin's cheating on those games you play with her, man. She's, like, <laughs> <doing> it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think she has anal beads and someone's vibrating the answers. Uh, yeah, I get a little shock. I know which one the answer yeah. is. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Days, I'm going to play against Robin, Pippin. <laughs> All right. Good for you. That's a dream. Play against Robin in one of our dumb games. All right, Kelly, you're on in California. What can I do for you? Hey, Howard. Hey, now. Um, hey, now. I, hey, now. I wanted to tell you, because I was on a few months ago, I had the boyfriend with the um, who, who wouldn't take care of his mouth, and you guys told me he was going to get sick, and you know what? He did. And uh, I I'd confront the confronted him about his uh nasty mouth still wouldn't do anything about it and yeah you guys were a hundred percent right <laughs> well i remember you sort of i remember you were asking me what to do about your boyfriend's bad breath and oh. i told you he's uh you got to clean those teeth you got to use the um toothpicks and get in between or or dental floss and clean out the rotting food in his mouth that's the odor he, that's what's coming bought, out we yeah we bought the toothpicks then he still wouldn't brush. <laughs> yeah, well, that's disgusting. I don't know how you kiss a dude who doesn't brush his teeth. That's fucking I, nasty. I didn't. But yeah. you might remember me because I was the one that sent the nude pics from, pic from the beach. I don't know. Yeah, you were hot. I remember you. Okay. And, uh, so what happened? What kind of sickness did he get? You know, we're not sure. Um, it's, yeah. Um, Probably got the COVID too. I guarantee you. you know, this COVID, it doesn't, it, it doesn't stop. Thanks, Kelly. Enough with that. Uh, despite how much of the country is acting, well, all of the country except for me, uh, COVID's still a thing. I'm telling you, the new Omicron variants are still rolling out. The most recent ones are called BA275, BA4.6, BF.7, BQ1.1, and XBB. I'm obsessed with this COVID. I know. Everybody else says I'm a fucking maniac. I don't even like the new names of the variants. They should name one Art the Clown because I can't keep up. Uh, BA 2.75. I don't know. What? Yeah, with all these points and, you know, uh, eventually they'll be too long to put on a page. Yeah, I mean, COVID is so efficient at killing people, but not at branding. I mean, it's terrible. It's almost like Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, whatever else they're going to tag on to us. They're finding, though, that during the pandemic, one of the things people's 
people at home practice while we were in lockdown was uh, raw dog sex, no uh, condoms. And there was a baby boom in 2021 as a result oh, of the lockdown. Yeah. Which is probably so all be- those crazy people we saw losing it on the street went home and had sex and had babies. OK, great. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone was working remotely. They're bored and they started fucking without a condom. And now we'll have more people, which, of course, Mother Nature will correct by creating more viruses. So we die. This is what the world needs. More fucking people. Although on our staff, I did a little survey. I go, is this true? We have six staffers who all conceived babies during the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, so we're contributing. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. Mike Trainer was he scheduled baby making with his wife on the calendar app between their various meetings. Wow. You can't do that when you're working uh, in the office. So there no. you go. No, there will be none of that. By the way, I love that Ted Cruz went to the Yankee game and everyone told him, like, fuck off, fuck you. They're chanting. That guy's a real fucking piece of work. I still don't understand. After Trump called his wife ugly on national television, he supports him like he's his lapdog. But he came. The Houston Astros played uh, the Yankees, and uh, he showed up at the game. You got to give him that. I mean, Jesus Christ. They were just going nuts. I love New York. And he, I don't know if you saw that picture. He's just standing there waving. He waves at that. He waves to everybody like they're fans. He pretends they're fans. And he's like, hey, hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I heard he, that he tried to do an appearance on The View either yesterday oh or the day before, and that didn't go well either. The audience was great. They're yelling at him like, hey, fuck you, a woman's right to choose, <laughs> abortion. And uh, But when Whoopi yelled at everyone like she was everyone's mom uh, and said, hey, you're in the audience. you got to let us do your jo- our job. And I'm like, well, then don't have an audience. Do what we do. Don't have an audience. The audience was reacting to the guy. Yeah. I thought it was sort of cool. And then evidently, I guess the ladies on The View said, we might not agree with you, but we don't think that that was right. I'm like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Seemed pretty right to me. And certainly interesting. There, here, here, there, here he is on The View. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's very simple. If you look at inflation, the, the Nobel laureate economist, Milton Friedman, explained that in the United States, inflation has one cause and one cause only. In, inflation in the United States has one cause and one cause only, and that is when the federal government spends too much money. Okay. <laughs> we have seen trillions and trillions of dollars spent by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Just last year, last year the federal government took in $4 trillion in tax revenues, most money in history we've ever taken in. The problem is we spent nearly $7 trillion, and that's what... We do cover climate here, guys. Me. We do cover Excuse climate. Me. 
climate. Ladies, ladies, excuse us. Let us do our job. Let us do our job. We hear what you have to say, but you gotta go. Ah, it was finally yes, interesting. Because you can hear what they were protesting. <laughs> well, I like to Understood. back what I said about the Yankees. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> they go, let us do our job. What is their job? They were going to bring up those topics anyway. Oh, uh, climate control. Climate control, women's right to choose, all of that. Well, the You're reason New Yorker. The reason New Yorkers are so bent out of shape about him in particular is um, we had a we had Hurricane Sandy hit us pretty hard, especially in Jersey. Right, Robin? Oh, and uh, I think Ted Cruz was like, you know, fuck that. We're not giving you money, blah, 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 blah. But as soon as some shit goes down in his state. He has the handout. Please, please give us money. Right. (laughs) You know, so I don't know. He's been a little bit. uh I don't know, bent out of shape about New York. And didn't he say something about New York attitude or something? Or I don't know, New York values. I don't know. So many people say something about New York. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. Meanwhile, thank God for New York. New York is everything. It's the cultural center of this country. So much good shit comes out of New York. And how so, about having one of the greatest cities in the world? Yeah. Why not take care of it? So tacky when, uh, yeah, we don't want you New Yorkers to get any money. Well, come on. We're all one country. You see a hurricane, it's, we got to clean it up. That's what the Fed is for. But um, I don't know. Whoopi, uh, Whoopi started yelling at those ladies in the audience, but... Whoopi was basically saying, listen, I'll yell at him. You don't yell at him. Let me do my job and yell at him. (laughs) Well, I think it's funny because remember back in the day, Bill O'Reilly was booked on The View and Whoopi and and, uh, Joy walked walked out. (laughs) They (laughs) They weren't even going to ask a question or do their job. Yeah. Well, anyway, the fucking whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. What can I say? I wish more people thought like I do, but evidently they don't. What a great world it would be if everyone thought the way I did. Wouldn't that be nice, Robin? It'd be super. Well, uh, they'd be changing their minds a lot, we learned today, because as soon as somebody talks to you, you change your mind about whatever you think. (laughs) No arguments. He just goes along with whoever's talking. By the way, Joy Behar did not show up for Ted Cruz. She didn't. She wasn't oh, on the she, show. She did it again. She didn't even yeah. show. Yeah, she was like, you know what? I don't want to fucking deal with this guy. She couldn't handle it. I don't blame her. She was probably yeah, like, yeah, but you know the what? whole. I thought the whole point was we need to start talking to each other mm, uh, because that's we're not getting point. anywhere the other way. Nah, that's not a good point. Let's <laughs> <laughs> gonna waste time with that. All right. Hey, anyway, Robin. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, and uh, we had a fun show today. And uh, tomorrow we're gonna do it all over again. I can't wait. I mean, I, I can only imagine what's gonna happen tomorrow. So much happened today. It was a very rich show. You got a lot. Hey, how glad are you? You're a subscriber to Sirius XM. This was an unbelievable show. I don't know what happened, but it seemed like a lot was happening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
Ah, ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Again, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Again, my mistress. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Coming Monday, October 31st, the king of all media meets the boss. I'm super stoked that he's coming in. As we welcome Presidential Medal of Freedom winner, Oscar winner, 20-time Grammy-winning songwriter, and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen coming on the show. I thought that was never going to happen. No, it's happening. And I'm so excited about it. Going to bring his guitar. We're going to sit. We're going to talk. It's going to be very nice. Only on The Howard Stern Show.